Hey, Luke, have you been looking for a new Daily Fantasy Sports app? You know, I have really been jonesing for one. I got the perfect one for you, Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. For example, your man, Mookie Betts, will he have over or under one and a half RBIs? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Got that? I got it. All right, so go check out Thrive Fantasy. If you use the promo code, Bring in the heat, or bring the heat, B-R-I-N-G-T-H-E-H-E-A-T. When you sign up, they will match your first deposit of up to $10. So you deposit $10, you have $20 to play with now. Go check it out. I know that we've already had some people reach out to us about their success. They've won some of their latest, uh, I would say, bets. So go check it out. That's Thrive Fantasy, one of the best and newest Uh, daily fantasy sports apps out there this podcast is also brought to you by the performance strength academy located on route 130 south in bordertown new jersey the psa offers a wide variety of packages from boot camps to personal training one-on-one to elite athlete training to even offering nutritional guidelines whatever you're looking for they offer it they currently have professional baseball players under there uh, that compete at all levels of the minor leagues indie ball and have even seen time at the major league level they also have recently welcomed former ufc fighter ricardo almeida to the psa family there at the psa their main goal is to better everyone's health wellness throughout weight training which is based around each individual's unique goals both of their trainers have college baseball experiences at two of the most well-known schools in the tri-state and solid backgrounds in health and wellness in the health and wellness field you can check them out at uh, on Instagram at the Performance Strength Academy or find them on Facebook. And if you have any interest, uh, you can give them a call at 609-433-9022 or through email. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bringing the Heat podcast. This is episode 44, and I have some very special guests on this episode. I got the one and only Reverend Leon Fraley on with me. <laughs> so, I'm excited to be here. And we also got reoccurring guests. So you are the first reoccurring guest, oh, Rob Whalen. Sweet. So we've had a couple guests, but you're the first one to be on more than once. Well, I appreciate the honor and uh, happy to be here. So uh, before we start... 
I gotta ask you, mm-hmm. how the hell is retirement at twenty? What twenty? Twenty five. Twenty five years old. Uh, it's not as glorious as I thought it was gonna be. Uh, no, it, it's it's cool to take some time away, and um, you know, I was talking to some teammates recently, um, you know, that have kept in touch, and uh, it's nice because I've done a lot of things in the last couple months um, that I've never had opportunities to do. Just just living, you know, living life like. You know, a few weeks back, I was home in Florida and I got to do Tortuga Music Festival, you know, with my girlfriend. And um, that was something I've always wanted to do, but it's in April and that's obviously when the season starts. So there's been cool events that I've never gotten to experience growing up or, you know, things I want to do in my adult life. Um, so it's nice to kind of enjoy some some things like that. But, uh, you know, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's a different world than playing baseball, put it that way. Yeah. So you actually have, a, have time to live a normal adult life in the summer, per se, because... Honestly, so me being a teacher, my whole, like, that's all I do. I have summers off, so that's what I do. Like, I just, that's my cherish those moments. You, you know, you lived in Florida, so it's always warm, so you could always kind of do something. But, you know, I feel like it still still sucks. You know, you got those summers. Well, it's like, this is actually uh, the first time I've ever had a summer in Florida. And even now, I'm up here a lot in Pennsylvania. But going back and forth, it's the first time I've had a summer in Florida besides the last time was 2015 when I played in the Florida State League. But even then, I was playing. I didn't get to enjoy the summer. So mm-hmm. uh, I kind of forgot how hot it is in the really? summer as well, man. If you think about it, your first summer with no baseball, probably since you've been in playing baseball. Ever. Since, yeah, since ever. Since yeah. you were probably five. <laughs> Moved there in t-ball. 2008 and was baseball every summer, every spring. You know, I didn't have spring breaks in high school, nothing like that. It was baseball, baseball, baseball. But I'm just weekend, saying in so. general, your whole life. I mean, if anybody yeah. who plays baseball. A free summer. Never had one. You never had one. No. Never had you one. You know, even going back to your days, Leon, you probably no. played. All no, summer long. You, you played. You played every day, but then you were mentally that it was football season when the fall got there. It was like we're going football season now. Yeah. You, you never thought about picking up a bat and a glove. But the, the sad part here is is I don't know if summer's ever going to get here where we live because it rains every day. I was going to ask you. I was like, how depressed are you? You know, you come up to the Poconos in the oh, springtime, man. which back back in the day everyone's like, oh, it's beautiful. It has been miserable. I feel like we live. It rains every day for the last three days. It's just done nothing but rain. Yeah, yeah I mean, and pour, not just like drizzle, like pour. Where you can't do anything. And, no. I, and I've been, you know, my poor girlfriend's been up here with me, um, you know, bless her soul, because I've been selling her on PA in the summertime. Like, <laughs> oh, it's nice. It's really nice. She'll love it. You know, she's an outdoorsy type person. Uh, so there's so much cool stuff we, we can do. You know, we got to do Big Pocono. Uh, we got to hike up there the other day on the one nice day. Uh, but it's just been, you know, we're just kind of cave dwellers right now, man. It's raining all the time and, uh, you know, things that we like to do to kill time, uh, you know, in Florida, it's all outside. You know, you go to the pool, go to the park, you know, I get to bring my dog around and, uh, you know, just be outside, enjoy the weather. And here it's just, it's really tough right now. So hopefully we get uh, some nice weather coming soon because yeah. we're losing our minds. <laughs> so before we start any sports talk yesterday on Twitter, I put on, uh, I put that I had to give those of you out there dad advice and I put uh on there that my advice was to expect shit anywhere and by that i meant so i got a funny story for you guys so yesterday my son's on antibiotics because he's been sick he was in the hospital that's why we didn't have a podcast last week um he had pneumonia things like that so you know this is shit they don't tell you when you go to have kids um they they tell you that they're expensive but they don't tell you the stuff to expect so um, my kid's on antibiotics. Uh, I give him a bath yesterday. Now, mind you, he's better, but he still has to take right. his antibiotics. I get him out of the tub. Um, I got him wrapped in a towel, and he starts looking at me and smiling. I'm like, what the hell is so funny? 
opened the towel, he left a huge shit and oh. diarrhea. Oh man. Back in, in the tub. In the towel. Back no. in the tub. Yeah. Back in the tub. Oh, dude. Oh my Just god. Spackling yeah, the towel. It was uh it was funny. Uh so right away I'm like, I gotta go on Twitter. I gotta tweet this out. And I was like, so I, I said that I would mention it on the on the podcast today because it was hysterical. Like me being a dad, like you know, in, in a way, like, you can't even get mad at him because it's like, you know, yeah. he's one and he's on antibiotics. But at the same time, I'm, like, laughing. It's, it's got to so be funny. one of those things, I'm assuming, obviously, I'm not, a, I'm not a dad, but where, you know, like, my dog, I don't mind picking up his poop. Do I like it? No. But it's my dog. Would I pick up another dog's poop? Absolutely Well, not. exactly. So, yeah. like, it's your kid, so you love him, so it's, like, not as bad as it would be to anybody else. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I mean, yeah, still, still poop at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean... I'll prefer baby poop over a dog poop. That's all I gotta say. Especially a big dog. <laughs> yeah, those things are full big. grown husky, man. Yeah. So my one buddy always says, "Oh, I don't want to have kids." You know, I was like, "He's like, but I'll have dogs." Like, just I just want to let you know that baby throw up doesn't look nearly as bad as dog throw up because uh. the dog throw up got chunks in oh, it. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's terrible. It's bad. Especially like if you have a big dog, you know that stuff is nasty. Oh, I mean, Leon's got big Witten over here, and yeah, uh, I had him puke a pile that was probably like four foot by four foot <laughs> one time. <laughs> And you find, like you find interesting things in there. It's yeah. There's a reason why they puke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that, I just had to tell uh, tell Twitter that, and I Poor also guy. wanted Poor to guy. say, I don't know if I'm going to continue this do or die segment. So I don't know, like I don't know if you guys have followed, but so on Twitter, I've looked up like the biggest surprises so far in baseball, and I've put whether they're going to continue to do what they're doing, okay. or die out towards okay. the as the year goes on. Three dudes have now landed on the IL with serious injuries <laughs> oh, after okay. I started this. So they're fizzling You're like out. a Madden cover. Yeah. yeah. So You're I the think, curse. You're the Drake curse. Yeah. So I think I got you know, the Drake curse. He reversed it. Dude, smart that? guy. Put the Sixers. He put the Sixers jersey on and they lost. Obviously, he's from Toronto. Likes the Raptors. Wore Sixers gear and they lost. Yeah. You know, smart guy. Yeah. Smart guy. But... So yeah, I don't know how the, that segment might have to get cut. Well, who 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 were the doers? Who last now got hurt? Okay, um, I'm trying to think. I we did it for like four weeks, so I'm trying to remember all the people. Um, Kluber wasn't one, but he had a serious injury. Oh God, I'm, I might have to go back and look. I don't remember. I remember Glass now was the latest one though. Okay, yeah. So he's gonna be out he's, he's six like weeks, six four six weeks. weeks yeah. Forearm strain was that what it was? Yeah, was forearm. Yeah. So I don't know. That that's up in the air yet. But anyways. So, I wanted to ask. So I don't really want to go into baseball right away. I want to ask you about the Giants. Okay. So Some football Giants, my New York um, football Giants. It just so happens almost every person I have on this podcast is a Giants fan. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so I need to ask you, how do you feel about the Daniel Jones pick? Uh, well, I mean, I sat right here on the couch with, with big Leon Fraley and uh, <laughs> talk about the dogs. Uh, sat here and we watched the draft and. Uh, to say uh, Jones at six was shocking was is an understatement. Um, I don't mind the player. Uh, I think my initial reaction was definitely a disappointment uh, seeing Josh Allen on the board, knowing that you know, luckily in my lifetime, you know, I'm only 25, we're getting to see two Super Bowl teams from them. Uh, we dominate on defense. You know, that's how we beat Tom Brady. We sacked him and sacked him over and over again, and mm-hmm. that's that's how you win championships. Defense, you know, up front, that's how you win. And uh, we haven't had a pass rusher. Uh, legitimate guys, really, since Yuminora and, and you know Strahan retired a while ago, but um, Justin Tuck, you know, when he left and go to went to Oakland, uh, you know, yeah, we had Vernon, but Vernon never lived up to the hype. I thought we overpaid him a few years back. Um, I agree, but we needed him. We needed a guy like that. 
But to have a guy like Josh Allen, who again he could he might not be anything, and that's you know I think that's um, you know it could be far fetched because he's very talented, but he would be a guy that could step in right away and and rush the quarterback, and that's something we lack. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Daniel Jones is your guy at six, and you really are convinced that that's your guy, and you think someone might take him, I get it. I get taking him at six. I just think. Like everybody else, he could have got him at seventeen. You know, just kind of seeing how the the board played out, and uh, you know, I was a I was a fan of Will Greer too. I kind of liked him. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Baker, and I love that that edginess to a player. So, uh, but I'm not the GM of the New York Giants, so um, no, it's I, I you will see how it plays out. So I just got to say, like, and I, I again I put this on Twitter also, but you know, as a Bears fan, Mitch Trubisky. My buddy has a video that I don't know how it didn't go viral, but he has my reaction actually when the Bears took Trubisky, and I did not want Mitch Trubisky at all. I couldn't stand him. I wanted Deshaun Watson. Oh, um, big fan of Deshaun yeah, Watson. So that's that's who I wanted, and they took Mitch Trubisky, and I was furious. But I have to say, now granted, I don't think Mitch Trubisky is. I don't think he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. He made the Pro Bowl as a fluke, basically right. by guys being Getting hurt. hurt. Playoffs. Um, but I think in that system, because Matt Nagy is is innovative for the most part, I think that he fits. You know, he can make the throws that he needs to make, and you know, they just did the the Bears did the right thing by surrounding him with playmakers. And right now, if Daniel Jones was to go play r- right now, right away, I don't think aside from Saquon, I don't think they have enough playmakers around him to to make his rookie season be be. Good, as good as what Trubisky played last year. Now, granted, Trubisky wasn't a wasn't a rookie last year, but it was his first year in that in that system. Right, you know, and I just I was reading an article earlier about um, you know the receiving core that the Giants have now. It's completely different without Odell, and it's now, like all slot receivers, slot receivers. But I think what you're seeing, uh, and it, it kind of touched on in this article. Um, you know, I forgot where I was reading it, but. The way the football is kind of changing is you don't really have those big guys that, you know, or guys that are going to go up to catch the ball so much. Now. There's, a, there's a place for those guys in football, but teams are more targeting, I feel like, route runners, guys that can run routes. You well, know? that's why DK Metcalf fell. Right. You know, He's not there. A guy like him and, uh, who's that, Hakeem Butler, you know, mm-hmm. those guys, those are big guys that, that can play, but they fell, you know, pretty far down than expected or maybe in years past. But you got a guy like Golden Tate. Uh, Shepard, who who is a very quality receiver, watching the last couple of years, one of my favorite Giants. Who I feel like they don't use him enough. Uh, you have Evan Ingram, who can run routes when he's healthy. He's like a problem. receiver. He's fast, <laughs> the fastest tight end in the league, yeah. you know, and he can get up and go get the ball. You put those three guys, and then you have Saquon out there, and then don't forget we have Corey Coleman, who, uh, yeah, he's bounced around a little bit in his career lately, but you know he's, he's a talented receiver, and we've just picked up you know Darius Slayton from Auburn, mm-hmm. guy can burn, you know, so. Uh, I think those guys fit Eli Manning and fit Daniel Jones's strengths, where they're more of guys that complete the shorter routes, more across the middle than they do outside the numbers, working the sidelines. So, who knows? I think maybe he could succeed with those guys, but again, it all starts up front. And you know, the Giants, I think they did a great job, um, you know, improving their line with with, with Zeitler. Oh, yeah. Right guard, and now picking up Remmers, a veteran who, yeah, he's he's not a great player, but he's a guy who started all sixteen games last year and the year before with the Vikings uh, on that championship run. Um, so you have quality blockers now. Um, so you're putting them in a chance to succeed. Now it's up to those guys to execute and make those plays. Yeah, I mean, 
And excuse, we're at Leon's house, so he's got he's got a little little shit kicker, and uh, big lamp. He likes to bark a little bit, but yeah, he's um, six pounds and he thinks he's one hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think everything you said with the Giants is, is correct. My only thing is, I just think that I think the big outcry was just taking him so early, you know, instead of taking Allen and then. And then move it, or then take it. Was, it was that shock through. factor. Yeah, you yeah. know, it was, it was Giants fans. You know, listen, if, if he wins three years down the road, they're going to forget about it. But there's not a Giant fan I know, including the guy sitting to my right, that didn't bash the pick at number six. Yeah. They didn't bash the pick at number six, and now they're back on the bandwagon again. They're all jumping off the bridge. They're all going to like all the other teams. They're going to wish he fails, and and now they're on the bandwagon. You well, know, it's because like, like you have no choice. Yeah. Like, you have to support the guy when he's on your team. I mean, it comes a yeah. point where you have to. But they bashed the guy, and he did nothing wrong. Oh yeah, he did nothing wrong, and everybody bashed him. I think it was because he doesn't have a lot of game tape because he didn't play that much. Uh, well, he did, but like he played at Duke. Duke is not a highly known football school. Dave Brown Jr. Yeah, yeah. And, well, that's my thing. You know, you watch Duke, and you know, I'm trying to do some research on, on Daniel Jones, and I like I like the prospect of him. You know, everyone's talking about comparing the stats, you know, over the couple years, and compared to the one year of uh, Dwayne Haskins, right? He had receivers that cannot catch the football at Duke. No one watches Duke football. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Who who goes and watches Duke football? Nobody. But you watch the, some of the tapes, and there's been some you know some NFL analysts that have put it on TV. Those guys have dropped a lot of passes. So you put that that's going to affect his completion percentage. Those touchdowns, you know, that's going to drive uh, kill drives. They also said his line was pretty bad. Very bad. In so college. and and so when Gettleman's selling his toughness. Yeah, he might be right on that. You know, he's a big guy who can who can he looks like a pro quarterback the way he throws and, and, and executes plays and a lot on those tapes you see where the ball is and they're throwing him in the right spot. These guys just aren't coming up with it. Mm-hmm. So you can't you gotta take that with a grain of salt as well. But again, you know, when you're you've been as bad as the Giants have been, you want fans want immediate impact players. And I think my biggest thing was uh, Gettleman, just everything he was saying, and I know it's like that lying season during up to the draft. Everyone's kind of trying to, you know, snake around each other. Um, it just I felt like it contradicted everything he said. Talk about he's always going to take the best player, especially the year before with Barkley. I love Barkley. I like the pick with Barkley, but that was the argument. Hey, we're taking the best player. So that's your mentality. Is Daniel Jones the best player at six? I didn't Absolutely think not. so. No, but if that's your guy and you're you are convinced that you're going to lose him if you don't take him there, then. So be it. And then you got to live and die with that pick. And as a fan, you can only hope he succeeds. Daniel Jones at number six. But that tells me that Eli Manning's gone. Eli cannot survive this year. Eli came in with Kurt Warner eight games through the year. Eli became your quarterback. You pick a guy at number six, he better be able to start this year. Oh, yeah. You can't have him sitting around three years like an Aaron Rodgers that was a fluke sitting behind Brett Favre. Daniel Jones must be starting by midseason when the Giants are two and six. That's, you heard it here. Two and six. That's my... That's my fear with the Giants. They're going to start gonna... Eli every game. He's going to if if this is his <sighs> last year, it's going to be like that swan song. If they start out two last. and six, they're just going to be like whatever. Let him ride out the year, ride off into the sunset. That's going to be it. The Giants in two thousand four were five were two thousand five, whatever it was. They were five and four five, yeah. with Kurt Warner, and then they made the switch, and Eli went one and six, and was pretty bad. You know, he did not play well, but you got to rip that bandaid off at some point and move on. I think Eli Manning is one of the worst regular season quarterbacks ever, but he is a totally different quarterback in the postseason. He is, is, you know, as a Giants fan, uh, you know, respect what he's done. He's had a lot you of ask anybody. seasons. Yeah, I mean, you can ask anybody that really knows. I've never been a big Manning fan. You know, respect what he's got me to Super Bowls as a fan. 
But yeah, I I would love a guy that you know was a little you know more productive throughout the year, and he was he was productive enough during during those those runs. Uh, but lately, he's been exposed by the weaknesses. If he doesn't have the strength around him, like most quarterbacks, he's very limited. He's not going to extend plays. You know, I can't tell you how many times I watch games where. You know, he does a play action, and you, you see the corner wide open in the end zone, and all he's got to do is just walk in backwards. But he'll take a sack or he'll throw it away. It's like, dude, move your feet, bro. Move your feet and run it in. Yeah. And that's that's been frustrating. So, um, you know, I, I love everything he's done, but I am excited for the next chapter in Giants football, and I will have no beef if they put Daniel Jones in at any point in the time. If we're losing, put him in, please. I, I want to see the future. I wanted them to do that with Laletta last year. Just see what you got. And, and that was the whole problem with Geno Smith, you know, two years prior with Ben McAdoo. If you're going to bench Eli, that's fine. I'm good with it. But not going to bench for Geno Smith. You oh, bench yeah, him for no. Davis Webb that year. Mm-hmm. And to say, oh, we need to see what Geno Smith has, that was a crock because you saw what he had for, what, four or five years in... Across the hall. Across, yeah, yeah. Across the hall. in the same yeah. city yeah. with the Jets. I mean, you know what he is. You yeah. know? He's, no, not, he's right. not going to do anything for you. So that I didn't like. I was ready back then, two years ago, to put in a rookie quarterback and just move on, you know. And um, it's just that's my fear. The Giants are not going to rip that bandaid off. I think part of it is because Manning did have statistically his best season last season. He did. Um, he did. He had a good year, but again, he wasn't clutch when we needed him. We needed some big throws, uh, you know, late in games, and uh, he didn't make those plays. And you know, that's that's the difference. You have to have a leader and a good quarterback that can make those plays and put the team on your back. You know, the ball's in your hand at the end of the day. You know, you're the one dictating how that offense is running. Granted, it's a, the ultimate team game. You need guys to block and execute, you know, all over the field. But, you know, you're the one with the ball in your hand, man. And you got to make those plays happen. I think also where Gettleman gets a lot of a lot of crap is they could have gotten Josh Rosen for basically nothing. And they could have used those two first-round picks on I agree. defense or whatever they felt they needed. Um, but they didn't do that. Now, granted, I'll be honest. I don't like Josh Rosen. Not a fan uh, of him, but I would have. I would have taken him. He regressed been fine every year in college. He didn't get better. He only got worse. Um, he was really good his freshman year, and then he kind of just fell off. Um, and regardless of how I know that the Cardinals were bad last year, bad. But he bad. still had. I mean, I know Fitzgerald's not like he used to be, but he's still a good receiver. Um, I like Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they good. have David Johnson. They have good players that, to me, I just don't think, you know, Rosen, I think he could have played better. At least the 14 turnovers. Like, that's what really raises eyebrows is 11 touchdowns, but 14 picks. Like, a quarterback can limit interceptions, all right? I mean, I, I it, that was maybe it was just him trying to do too much. Um, but, I mean, I didn't watch too much Rosen tape. I just know looking at the numbers, you know, 11 touchdowns of 14 picks in your rookie year. Um, I'm okay with like 11 and 10, 11 and 11, but you know, once you start creeping up to, to more picks than touchdowns, yeah. that's a problem because you can throw the ball away. You don't have to force those things. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. I think um, when you're on a bad team like, like he was, you're trying to do a whole lot. You know, you're trying to justify that first round pick, you know, and, and you're going to try to take some risks that you shouldn't, and that comes with the development. And I think that's. Uh, across the board with all sports, as a rookie, you get up to that high level. You're gonna you're gonna have your learning curve, and um, 
I'm good with Rosen. I would have been fine if we got him with the the late second or even a third round. That's pick, what I'm saying. I think, I think after seeing what what the Dolphins gave, if we would have got Josh Allen at six and, yeah, and yeah. stacked the line or whatever, or got you know got Jawan Taylor to the legit right tackle, um, whatever, I would have been fine with that. Uh, I can live with that because again, I just wanted to move on from Eli and put some fresh blood in there. Uh, but again, I think the big question with him is, can he handle New York? He's very outspoken. Um, nothing wrong with that, but New York will eat you alive. Um, but at the and, same time, and, kind of quiet reserve guy. Yeah. Handle New York. Well, Eli's done it for how many years? Yeah. And so Daniel Jones is Eli Manning 2.0. That's what everyone's so, saying. Um, you know, I think he'll be okay with that. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, Rosen's had a bunch of concussions too the last few years, right? Dating back to the college days. Where I don't, yeah, I think in college. I don't think he's had too. one in uh, – in the NFL yet. And but. I don't know if the Giants were too high on him going into the draft last year either. So maybe they just didn't like him, you know? I guess a lot of people just say, like, if you put Rosen in this year's draft class, he would have been the best quarterback. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that either. This is I mean, Josh, Ro- Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen, yeah. yeah. they're saying Not a chance. Was, I don't think so Not either. even the ballpark. I, I mean, you, you saw the value that the Cardinals had in him. They left him go, basically walk away, and took an unproven out of Oklahoma with a number one pick. They, they've five, handed the nine. keys. They've handed the keys to one of the smallest quarterbacks in the league, a Russell Wilson sized quarterback. I think he's after smaller. you picked Rosen ten last year. Yeah. I mean, if you're picking a guy ten and a year later he's gone, that tells me what you, what maybe the league thinks of him. That's what I mean. I just think he's undisciplined off the field and on the field. Like I said, the fourteen interceptions is a lot. Yeah. I mean, and I know it's a it's a off it's a air raid league. They throw the ball a ton, but you know, quarterback, you have to be disciplined. You have to be a disciplined quarterback. And to me, off the field, he's had issues. And then on the field, just too many turnovers. Yeah, I was never sold on Rosen. He was never – I never really was a big fan. I just think that, you know, a lot of people liked him. And then the fact seeing the Dolphins gave up really nothing for him, the Giants could have had him and then had two yeah. first-rounders. I think that's where – People get more upset than anything. I had a weird. Uh, well, I don't even think it's weird. I had a thought, a theory where, why not take Rosen, get Rosen right, draft another quarterback later. Yeah, I mean, put Greer, a competition, Greer get Greer. What, the third, and then the, why not? I really like the NC State What's quarterback. Wrong with that? Uh, I don't remember his name, but um, he went. I, for, I think he went to the Chargers. No, 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 he didn't. Someone else went to the Chargers. I don't remember his name now, but I'm I, drawing a blank on it. Yeah, I can't remember. Finley. Yeah, Ryan Finley. But I liked him. I thought he was he was good. Um, and to me, so if you're going to do that, Bengals. Yeah, take. You know, yeah, the Bengals are going to be done with Dalton after this season. So yeah. But to me, like, take someone like that. I think he fell to the fourth round. Greer fell, I think, to the third round of the Panthers. To the Panthers. Um, Great pick for them. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get from Cam anymore with his shoulder. So, yeah, I don't know. I, the Giants, you know, and we talk about them a lot. One, because you're, you're, they're your team, but also, I mean, they were the biggest, the biggest, you know, big news story in that draft. of the yeah. draft. Yeah, because I mean, you saw the reaction right away on live TV of the oh, fans yeah. right there, and that was widespread. It wasn't like he was just that guy. It was they they showed the clip of MetLife Stadium during, a, I think they had like a monster truck rally or something going on, and they had it on the screens of the draft, and they picked Daniel Jones, and everyone's booing. Yeah, and one, I, I don't know how I'd feel if I was Daniel Jones about that, but. Uh, 
I think that just goes to show everyone was thinking one way, and then Dave Gettleman thinks he's smarter than everybody else, and maybe he is, man. Maybe he's smarter than everybody else. And yeah, I mean, you're not going to know. That's we won't know. That's for the thing. Another like, couple years. It's not often a quarterback comes in and changes the complexion of a team right away, especially right. a team with other holes. Like, I don't think the Giants will be as bad as what people are saying. I really don't. No, I think last year, and, and you're a Bears fan, right? Think yeah. about the game at the end of the year last year, right? You guys were what eight and three, and we were three and eight. Chase Daniel played that Chase, game. I, Understand. I'm not saying that uh, you guys were at full strength, but you guys were a playoff team. Right? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And their defense was fully healthy. We were in a lot of games despite a very poor offense early in the season. And then our defense played well the first part of the season. And then that second half, our offense, our offense stepped up, and the defense gave up a lot of points late in games. That blew games for us. So we were in a lot of games despite our, what, 5-11 and record. It could have gone different ways, you know. I don't think I think we have the talent, but and now it's year two in a new system for that offense as well. Um, I don't think we're going to be as bad as everyone thinks we are. I don't, I don't think, think we're going to be a great playoff team. I think the Redskins will be worse than the Giants. I agree. I uh, just don't. Think just they don't have any bad. weapons. The Giants ha- or the Redskins have nobody to throw nobody. to. No, Washington has nobody. They have so much uncertainty at quarterback. Um, do you, do you like Haskins? Do I like Haskins? I don't like Haskins at all. I, I saw Cardale Jones. I've seen Troy Smith. That's what I was say. I've seen Craig Krenzel out of Ohio State. Uh, you know, I don't see anything at Ohio State in the NFL that's going to that's gonna produce at the quarterback position. Um, not a fan at all. Um, I like Keenum. I like the Honestly, a lot of people gave him flack for the Keenum thing. I, Keenum I've always, is what he I've is, always man. liked Keenum. He is what he is. He's, he's, he's a game is. manager. Um, he's, he's Ryan Fitzpatrick 2.0. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, that's what he is. He's a pedestrian. He. Um, he can hold down to Ford a little bit, but I think the Haskins pick as a Cowboy fan is, is great. I think it's a great pick that they went and in the mid-teens picked him. And I don't know, it just kind of gives me a little light at the end of the tunnel. I don't have to worry about the Redskins for a couple of years at, at, at a minimum. I mean, I see I see a, a, a firestorm right there with Haskins because, you know, they could be right back there picking up the first round again next year and have to take another quarterback. Yeah, well, I think that he's going to win the job because, um, again, you take a quarterback in the first round, you kind of put yourself there. I mean, maybe Keenum gets gets the ball for two weeks, three weeks. But, again, you got – and I was going to say that too, Ohio State has really not many NFL-proven quarterbacks, mm-hmm. if any. And then, again, he has no weapons. I, they have Doxson and Paul Richardson. Yeah, Doxson, Paul Rich, Richardson, who got hurt last year. Young guys, uh, I mean, maybe I'm – Overshadowing I think draft they, picks. They, I don't know. Did they get anybody in the receiving? They did draft a receiver, did they draft I receivers, believe, but I don't know who they're going to throw the ball to. <laughs> I mean, you if, know, you, if you do look at the, their the, best the player is Jordan Reed, and he's you're lucky. If and you he's get, never on the field. You're yeah. lucky if you get half a, a season from you him. are. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. you look back at, at the Redskins or not the Redskins, but Ohio State putting the Redskins into the conversation. Braxton Miller, Terrell Pryor, Arch Schlichter. Bobby Hoying, Kent Graham, I mean, Tom Tupa. Tom Tupa was a punter, and, and, and he played quarterback in the NFL at some point. Uh, Mike Tomzak, I mean, there's nobody. No. Nobody out of Ohio State that scares me. And, and Haskins, I, I don't see it either. Sure. I, mean, I think the promise looks good because he put up so many numbers, but that's one year. And he that's plays at Ohio year. State. That's one like, year. I feel like it's so easy for, the, for quarterbacks at big programs to do well because, you know, one, it's college. I think – I think in college it's different because one system will totally outshine another based no matter what talent. Like NFL is different. Like you can be in a, in a – it could be two totally different systems, but the players are so good. I don't know. I just – I'm not – I'm never sold on a college 
any college player. Well, I mean, no, because there's there's that fine line. In the NFL, there's a fine line. You can get away with so much in college because you have a stronger arm. You're a better athlete. You have mm-hmm. a better core of receivers. Um, you're playing at a pedestrian Big Ten with a bunch of mutters, and you're the flash quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. So so many factors. It, it's really hard to sit there and say, what guy comes out of what system to be an NFL quarterback? And right now, the, the hot name out of the system is a spread offense guy, Pat Mahomes. The old, you know... Run, hand the ball off out of the I formation. Quarterback's gone. It's a guy that can move the pocket, find guys open, throw guys open. A lot of guys come out of the NFL. They can't throw their receiver open. They need the receiver to be open, and that's what makes and breaks a lot of guys in the National Football League. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and that for me, that's Mitch Trubisky's that way. If if you're open, he's hitting you. But if you're not open, yeah, he's not hitting you. But that's what I like about what the Bears have done. They've gotten guys that I love the Riley Ridley pick. I mean, they got him in the fourth round, and it's like he was he was one of the best. The Bears had him, I think, at their in their top five or receivers, and he fell to the fourth round. Yeah. And I mean, let Cal- me ask you this though: change the subject a little bit. As a Bears fan, how do you feel about giving up on Jordan Howard? Because if okay you think about the it. NFC East, man, we we are loaded with. Running I'm okay backs. with it because look at the Bears' history at running back. Do you think uh, Cohen's going to live up? Well, I mean, Cohen's not going to be guy. the other down back because they, they traded last up. Year. Who they use? They tr- well, no. Howard, used Howard. Play, Howard played first and second down. Right. Cohen came in on third down. He And they're going to do the same thing because they drafted a guy in Montgomery who's fresher than Howard, and he's basically the same exact running back with a little bit better pass catching yeah, ability. Yeah, I, I picked up Howard late uh, late in the year on my fantasy team. He was better at the end of the year. And I thought he was going to be so such a big pickup. He was going to be my RB2, man, and... Every time I watch the game, Cohen had the ball. Every time but I watch But the thing Cohen is, the like, ball. so the Bears, the way the Bears play, they play, like, they don't, you know, Trubisky's not really under center much. He's in the shotgun a lot of times. They run a lot of that trickery stuff. Um, and so Howard, I love Jordan Howard. And I, think tough, he's, I think he's very good. He it was used tough well. to see him go. Yeah. Because when the, like, and I've said this before, when the Bears were down and out and terrible, he was the one lone bright spot on that offense where they could hand him the ball and he's going to rush for 100 yards. I think he's very good. When Alshon was quitting and, yeah, and Marshall was hurt. Those I look years. at the Bears in their career drafting running backs. I mean, you've had Cedric Benson who was good. He just couldn't stay out of trouble. Thomas Jones was good. They've had Matt Forte they drafted late. Even Adrian Peterson, not even the good Adrian Peterson. The other <laughs> yeah, guy. the other Adrian Peterson. He wasn't, Southern. Even, he wasn't even bad. I mean, the Bears yeah. have always produced pretty solid running backs. Um, so I, I don't ever worry about the running back position for the Bears, especially I don't think Cohen can handle touching the ball 30 times a game. But, but nobody does no. anymore. No. Nobody carries the ball 30 times. The game has changed so much. that uh, Saquon, that, baby. Saquon Barkley. And, and I, I, Cohen doesn't This guy talks about say who. I mean, this, this guy. Uh, he's flash. He's and, all flash. And Cohen doesn't Don't take hits. Game. Like, if you, if you watch the Bears play – Cohen, he, he doesn't take hits. He gets the ball, gets around the corner. He's so dang then, small, man. He, he, he breaks jumps out of bounds. Like, he doesn't get hit. So I I get more worried with a guy like him getting a non-contact injury, like an ACL. Right. Happens like, all the time. Than anything. Happens all the time. I don't worry time. about him getting hit. Yeah. And like I said, I really like the Montgomery pick. Uh, some people bashed it. Um, but... You know, they got him in the third round. And they traded up with the Patriots, but they didn't really... They've done. They've traded up with the Patriots so many times. Well, the Patriots have won a lot of football games without that premier three-down, yeah. you know, 1,200-yard, 30 carries a game back. I mean, you, you just don't need them anymore. There's there's no more of those running backs of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, everybody's, you know, complimentary back, especially back, uh, you know, keep the carries down back. So I think when a guy goes five years, and if you take that fifth-year option on a guy... He's got to go. I mean, you oh, look yeah. at Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott. You'd love to have him, 
But but what's he going to be in year six, year seven, when he's carrying the ball 400 times a game? You you can't bank a second contract on that guy. Yeah, he'll go somewhere else, extend his career, and your first year you'll say, oh, man, we could have kept him. He got 1,500 yards. But can how long can he run for 12, 1,500 yards? So so for the Bears to get rid of Jordan Howard, it, maybe it's not a bad move. You, you get something, you get younger into position, and you just – you know, see what happens, and it might not be a bad move at all. It's a Le'Veon Bell situation. I mean, the the page or the Steelers didn't give him the money because why? Like, yeah, he's very good. He's a game changer, but you know, he was touching he was touching the ball almost forty times a game. So the mileage, you know. So I mean, yeah, he took that year off. It spares him an extra year, but I wouldn't give that guy a five year deal. But think about my thing with Le'Veon. Great talent. Think about his style. Right, everyone always talks about his style. He hides behind the backs or hides behind his line and. He kind of waits and waits. He's so patient in between tackles, and then he hits his he hits his hole and goes. They've had a very good offensive line there for a few years. Is the Jets line going to be just as good where he can be that patient, or is he going to get hiding behind those guys and get stepped in the backfield now? You know, yeah. is, his, is his style going to have to change now where he can't be as patient as he used well, to? Well, and I think after Connor came out and did as well as he did, you can afford to make the move. Yeah, the oh, Steelers, had, the move. Steelers had no a pit, a pit guy like that, oh, you yeah. know, fan favorite, you know, it's based on his story and everything, and, and he performed exceptionally well. Yeah, you, you don't at that point, you just like, say, "There's you know, the door. See you later." And yeah. you know, and the Steelers are going to be on a rebuild here. In a Steelers season. are their own worst enemies with with guys like I've never been a big, a big Mike Tomlin fan. When you have a guy like Antonio Brown causing as much trouble as he did, uh, you know, back early in the year when he was FaceTiming or whatever in the in the locker room during a meeting and they're talking about, you know, kicking the Patriots ass and all that stuff and this look at me stuff and then you have the all the stuff with Le'Veon Bell and Tomlin's a puppet. You know, yeah, and then you had the stuff with the whole line or you know, with the kneeling and stuff you had, you know, with the Villain Nueva out Villanueva. there standing, you know, and you know, back your own guys, a guy who's an ex, you know, veteran like that, you know, never been a big fan of Mike Tomlin. And then well, I remember the old tripping thing against uh, was it the Ravens and years back? Yeah, yeah, man. Just never liked like Mike Tomlin. And I think that's why they've been in such disarray. Well, see, the thing is with Mike Tomlin, in my honest opinion, is he's he is the most. I think he's the most overrated coach in football. I agree. Um, I agree. You know, he got all that that attention, uh, but he won a Super Bowl with Bill Cowher's team. Oh. And that that's my opinion. I'm a big Bill Cowher fan. For so. years, I wanted him to be the guy who replaced Coughlin in New York. Thought it was going to happen. It never did. Yeah, everyone keeps uh, saying that he's going to go, you know, he's going to come back, but... He's past it now. Yeah, yeah. I think he's I think he's past yeah, that time he's now. past that time. But I was, I was always hoping he'd be the guy that would replace Coughlin. And um, I remember him talking about publicly, you know, that he always wanted to coach the Giants. And I always thought it would happen. And um, it never did, unfortunately, but... Uh, we had to deal with Ben Wackadoo for oh what, a year God. and a half. Yeah. That was crazy. That was ben, ben Wackadoo. That guy was nuts. Now, I have to ask you, and I want to talk to Leon too when he comes back here. Um, what do you think of Kyler Murray? Because we've talked, I've talked about it before, but obviously I haven't had any guests on to really talk about it either. Um, so obviously we all know Kyler Murray went first overall, and he, you know, from his tape, I mean, the dude is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like. Ridiculous baseball, football, like he's just an all-around stud. Um, But so he's, I think he's listed at 5'11 or 5'10, but I'm pretty sure he's shorter than that. He probably is. I Um, I wouldn't doubt it. So, so I don't know. Like, what is is your take? Do you think he's going to be good? I think, um, you know, it's hard to bet against that talent when you have a guy with that much speed and can make the plays the way he does. And he's got a pretty, pretty solid arm, man. I understand the the doubt with the height, um, 
you know, but there's been lately there's been some good quality quarterbacks from that height. And, and my thing, like the Giants, I knew the Giants were never going to be in on him. Even I don't think he was going to fall to six where the Giants would trade up. They like their their tall quarterbacks. There's a lot of tall quarterbacks that are terrible. Oh yeah, you know uh, what I mean. So we but again we came up think with about like list. you said with Cohen, right? A small guy that can move, extend those plays, and they're hard to tackle. They're hard to bring down. We came up with a list that quarterbacks that are over six six are terrible. Brock Osweiler. I think of Brock Osweiler all the time. Osweiler, and now well Daniel Jones. I don't he's think six, is five. that he's six five, but six six quarterbacks are bad. I'll take you to one, which I grew up coming out of high school in my late teens. Dan McGuire, come out of San Diego State, played up in Seattle, guy was 6'10". I mean, an absolute disaster. A mobility disaster, uh, quirkiness, really couldn't grow into that big basketball-type body. Uh, and he, went, he, was, he was a high draft pick. I'm going to say 1991. Um, he, he went to Seattle out of San Diego State. He's 6'10". I mean, you, you don't even physically look right at 6'10". You know, it, it was amazing. But, but that was a guy. Again, another, another failure. The guy was, was, was no good. It's, I think – I honestly think that if you're over like 6'6", it's really hard for you to play anything other than basketball because like think about tall pitchers, like real tall pitch, pitchers. Like you had John Roush who was super tall. John Roush, yeah. You had – you have Glass now now who's ridiculously tall. But then you also had like Randy Johnson was one that succeeded. And Chris Young for a long time that didn't even throw hard, but he was no, so yeah. tall that his eighty eight looked like ninety. But look how plus. hard he had to like bend and get down yeah. the hill to actually throw a strike. Yeah, not easy, not easy at all. Wow, Dan McGuire was terrible. I might have thrown, been able to throw more touchdowns than that. I mean, <laughs> two that's, touchdowns. That's what I mean, you start looking at you, you, he got five years in the National Football League with two different squads. He, he had seven hundred forty five career yards, and, and it just it can't happen. I mean, it people just, do the more than that in two games. Can't happen. This, was, this for, was the guy drafted sixteenth overall in nineteen ninety one. Who is who is um, Murray's agent? Is it Rosenhaus? Yes. Can we just talk about how he, they finessed everybody? Oh yeah. You know, I mean, now that the the numbers have come out on his deal, where who is it? he was taken ninth in MLB, and his bonus was four point six. He's making like he just signed his his signing bonus was like twenty five mil or something. Thirty five mil with the guaranteed bonus of twenty three mil, twenty three and a half million. So he he beat the and everyone was like, oh, you made the wrong decision. Play baseball. Well, he did with guarantee. I mean, so there you go. I mean, he cleaned it up. Rosenhaus backed him. They played their cards right. They 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 played the game as good as anybody could have played it in the position they were in, and 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 now he's better for it. He could not play down a football. He could break his leg tomorrow, career-ending injury or something, and he's he's got guaranteed money. He he sails off into the sunset. Anybody who watches baseball knows what the market's like right now. I mean, Dallas Keuchel is a former Cy Young pitcher, yeah. still out on the market. Now, granted, he's not that prototypical prototypical power arm. You know, he's. He's a ground ball dude, um, sinker he's, ball. He's guy. a winner. That's yeah. A, I I respect Keuchel because he's one of the few guys, and, and I and I don't, I don't mean you know that it's necessarily the player's fault because it's not you know being on the inside with the unions and things like that, seeing how it's done, you know. And I've had this conversation with a lot of people when they talk about oh baseball players are so greedy and you know they sign these ridiculous contracts. Yeah, you know, three hundred plus million. That's that's a lot of money. It's kind of ridiculous, but. Baseball is a billion-dollar industry, right? There's so much money around. Every team can sign a guy, one or two guys, for those three hundred plus million-dollar contracts. Every single team, but they choose not to, which smart business, right? Um, you know, a guy like Keuchel has been very good for the last three, four years, right? And he just wants what he's valued at. Mm-hmm. He wants his fair shake because think about it: ten, fifteen years ago, 
uh, you know, in pro in, in Major League Baseball, you have to you hit free agency after six full years in the big leagues. Okay, so by the time you get up there, you know, you play. You know, some guys, you know, you know, usually get up your know, your low to mid twenties. Usually, you're a free agent by the time you're 30, 31, maybe thirty two at the latest, right? Back then, guys would get paid, right? You would get, oh, yeah, you still a get paid. Year deal now, you've just worked your whole career for that free agency, Mark, to really make your money. That you've, you know, like I said, you've just established yourself enough to play in the big leagues for six years, and that's where you're going to make your money. Now it seems like, nah, we ain't going to pay you too old. Yeah, what? Well, that's, that's what I was like, going to say. What do you mean? That's he's, what I was, he's what, 31, 32? Yeah. He's been a winner. You now he won a championship. He's proven he can yeah, quality lefty. Could, he could help the Mets right now. I know that for a fact. He could help a lot of teams right now. So why would he sell himself short and be like, no, nah, I'm going to take a one-year deal for $2 million and, like you said, maybe get hurt and never play again? No, he's going to take what he wants, and he's going to take what he deserves, and I, I respect him for not backing down for that. Well, that's where I'm, I was going with Kyler Murray is, you know, with the free agent market and how baseball's working. He's 20, 21 now, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, but also people don't understand, Kyler Murray, he really hasn't played much baseball. He played his senior year in, in high school and everything, but – he went to uh, was it Texas Tech? Mm-hmm. Went to Texas Tech, Oklahoma. It was, no, yeah, started, started, Texas started Tech, at correct. Texas Tech. But I don't think he he might have played his first year there, played baseball. But he redshirted in football. Then he went to Oklahoma. He sat out his first year in baseball. Then he played one season at Oklahoma. So he's really only played two years, I think, of baseball in the last mm-hmm. four years. Um, and he, you know, he's twenty two already. So now he's going to go play minor league baseball. If he makes it, he's probably 25. Then you got the six years of service time. So then he's 31. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to get the money that, you know, yeah. he just cleaned house with one contract in football. Yeah. That if he succeeds, he's going to get paid another ridiculous contract. And I think the problem is, too, with, uh, with Major League Baseball, you know, maybe it's not a problem to some, but... Um you know, now you have the draft compensation, right? So that's also the reason why... Oh, Keiko's not signed. Guys yet. don't want to... Yeah, because they're not going to sign him before the All-Star break for all that money because then they have to, they lose their draft or whatever, mm-hmm. their draft pick, whatever. Now, after the All-Star break, that team will probably sign him for whatever he wants because they don't, they, they're not going to lose anything They're talking him. about him going to the Yankees. The Yankees I just saw something uh, about the Rays. Not that or the Rays, yeah. Now. Um, so he's going gonna, he's gonna to play this year. He's going to get paid. Oh, yeah. Now. He said that. He, I read the article that he said. He's like, I, I, it's not that I want to sit out. He's yeah. that I want to play. But, but he's standing up for the, the betterment of baseball and betterment for the players of, hey, like, this is what I deserve. It's not me just saying, oh, this is what I want. And it's outrageous. Hey, this is what I deserve. And it's okay to just stick to that. And like we talked about earlier about business, like, hey, this is what I, I put up X amount of numbers. This is what I'm valued at. And that's what I want to get. I'm not want to. Why would lowball me? Why would I accept less than what I deserve? You know. And uh, kudos to him. And he will be playing this year. And I'm sure he'll pitch for a contender. And he will uh, pitch in some big games at the end of the year. I, I agree. I've, I've always loved Keuchel yeah. uh, since he's been called up. I, I've liked Keuchel. But before we go on to any more baseball stuff, I just want to ask Leon, what do you think about the Cowboys? Where are you at with the Cowboys? Where are you at with? Dak uh, Prescott because it looks like he's going to get paid here soon. I mean, you got to pay the man. He wins. He wins. You know, he's not the flashiest. He's not the prettiest. But I'll tell you what, the guy wills the team to win games. You saw it in Seattle when they needed the game-winning drive late in the game. They needed to go up two scores, put the ball in his hands. He's he's down and dirty, earning everything in the dirt. Do I think he's worth thirty million dollars? Absolutely not. But the market's the market, and you're paying a guy that's won as many games as anybody in the league since he got drafted. I mean, and, and you talk about guys being first round picks, number one overall. This guy's a fourth round pick. This guy was not even thought about in the draft in two thousand sixteen, 
And now Dak Prescott has a will to win. I, I think the team plays differently with him. Um, I, I think the thing around him is he makes people better. He makes people better. Is Again, he's not the flashiest guy, but I'll take Dak Prescott over three-quarters guy in the league. What do you think about Kellen Moore being the offensive coordinator? I'm good with it. I want some, I want some innovation. I don't know if I'm good with it because I'm excited about Kellen Moore or I'm excited to turn the page on Scott Lenahan. You know, because part of me has just got tired of the same nonsense from Lenahan all the time. Um, you almost became predictable. You could sit and watch a football game and you, you knew what was coming next. Um, with Kellen Moore, if he brings the Boise background where he's from and, and puts away his NFL background and maybe he becomes the next Lincoln Riley, he becomes the, what they're expecting out of Cliff Kingsbury, do, do we have something? Are we on to something here? I think, and uh, taking us back to the beginning of the podcast, we started talking about the big wide receivers. Well, Dallas went away with that with like Des Bryant. Um, so now you can play more wide open, spread the field, the Julian Edelman types, the Danny Amendola types, the Cole Beasley. Of course, he's gone now, but you have Tavon Austin. Um, I, I think things just are different. Um, my only question with Dak is accuracy. Um, he makes, he does make some bad throws in big moments. I've seen him have a chance to put teams away and throw a red zone pick or th- throw the ball out of his own end zone and, and, and sail it over top of Michael Gallup. Get picked off as, as an Eagles game and got returned to the one-yard line, swung the whole game. But I've seen him make some good throws, and I've seen him turn the ball over in the pocket and do bad things. Um, I'll tell you what, we know what we got, and sometimes it's good to know what you got. Uh, as you say, with a Giants fan sitting here with us, they don't know what they have with their number six pick. We know what we got with a fourth rounder. It was a steal. I think if I have to take two guys, I have to I have to sign Dak, then i got to decide between Cooper and Elliott. And I feel like Dallas stole Cooper with a first-round pick. You knew what you were getting with that first-round pick. He's 24 years old. To me, that's a steal. I, th- I think you ride Elliott out. They took the fifth-year option on him, gets two more years. You pound him into the ground, send him on his way. And you certainly got me a lot of running back. Their dime a dozen. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can get a, you can get an undrafted running back. All day. That can be a, a stud. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. So, yeah, I agree. I, I don't... I don't disagree with Saquon in the first round. I don't disagree with Ezekiel Elliott in the first round because those guys, you know, they were so dynamic in college. I mean, I think you kind of have to. But for the most part, very rarely would I take a running back in the first or second round. No, I, you don't see guys like – these guys don't come around anymore. You know what no, I mean? No. So the, the two guys that got drafted in the, fir- in the first round, like like a, like a Sehu and like, like an Ezekiel Elliott, um, they deserved it. They deserved it. I mean, do you want to be the guy to miss on them? Oh no! You know what I mean. So you you, you get your dealt your hand, and you know um, I guess it'll just come down to, to could the Giants have taken Baker Mayfield, and what's what's happens in five years from now? Do, do they regret? Does does Barkley blow his knee out, and Baker Mayfield go get an MVP in a Super Bowl? Well, and the Browns also did it right because they got Baker, and then they took Chubb. Who you got Chubb's Chubb, who's a stud out of Georgia. And I don't understand the argument with with Sam Darnold. I don't like Sam Darnold. Oh, I don't, I don't know why everyone's no. like, oh, my God, Giants no. won this. But he reminds me exactly of Rosen. Like, I don't think he's that good. What is he so Baker's good about awesome. Sam Darnold? Baker is awesome because he extends plays. See, I, I'll be honest. I totally miss, I swung and missed on Baker. Like, I thought Baker. Um, you thought he was going to bust. I thought he was going to bust. I but after, I, after I, watching him play, he extends the plays. He th- makes all the throws. Darnold. I don't he reminds it. me exactly of Rosen. I like don't understand really the fascination. 17 and 15, touchdowns and picks. And yeah. everyone's like, oh my God, the Jets won. 
won the draft. I will say, like, again, they, don't, they didn't have a lot of offensive pieces last year. I would agree with that. I can agree with that. My, you know, going back to Dak real quick, what about all his sacks? How many times have we sat in a game? Or the fumbles. And he takes so well, that's, many Well, that's what I mean. There's only time he takes, but... 56 I mean, again, sacks last year. I mean, it's, it's a guy still in his process, but I'll ask you this. Just remember, this guy was a fourth-rounder. So if i got to take a couple sacks to save many millions... For what Daniel Jones or or anybody else may or may not be, Kyler Murray, uh, hey, I'm good with it. This guy was a fourth round. This guy didn't even belong on the team. I'm not denying that. Um, not so denying that. so every time I think of Prescott, I think this guy was a steal as a fourth rounder. He's won more games than 90% of NFL quarterbacks. Two-time Pro Bowl in three years, man. I mean, he, he's a winner. We saw, it, we saw it live at the end of the year. You've seen it. When, when Dak had to make a play and extend a play on fourth and ten to Cole Beasley to beat the Giants— he did it. Do I think he's great? No, but I think he's better than a game manager. I, I liked Pr- Dak coming out. I, I, I like Dak Prescott a he's lot. A, he's another guy that you know what you're going to get from him, but in a winning way. He's, mm-hmm. He can make more plays. He's, he's kind of like how, how you know what you're going to get from a Case Keenum, but Dak can win the games. And he's got, he's got I think he's got more skills than some of those guys, like his numbers, you know, uh, first year 23 and four picks, 22 and 13, 22 and eight. Those aren't phenomenal numbers, but all he needs is he does what he needs to do to win the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Seeing that, you know, as a Giants fan, you know, on the other end for the last two years, I can't knock the guy. You know, he's good. I hated Tony Romo. I thought Tony Romo was so overrated. Great. You know, I will say he puts up numbers in the regular season, but can't win a big game. You know, time will tell if Dak can win those big games, but... Well, he's, and, he's won and, some big games already. And, and Dak did win what I think is a big game against Seattle this year. I think it was one where he turned a page. You know, Prescott had to match the Rams with points. Uh, Dallas had the ball run down their throat out in, in uh, well, I want to call them St. Louis, but out in L.A. And, uh, you know, the Rams just had their way with them. I mean, that was probably a little over, over top of the Cowboys. Um, but Dak proved, and he did win the game against Seattle. I mean, he did win yeah. the game. He made a couple throws. The big runs. The big runs. I mean, he cracking the ball down in there inside the five-yard line, you know, almost gone helicopter and down at the one. I mean, when they needed Dak Prescott to put them on their back, he, he did it. And, and I, to me, that's, that's worth a lot. And, you know, there's other quarterbacks in the league that are like that. But then you take um, the kid out in Kansas City. Mahomes. He's flash. Will he ever win a big game? I, think I don't he's know. More, he's more than flash. I, we've seen a lot of flash guys I mean, play for a long seen those time. Throws he makes. He's, he's got. He's, he's got so just a ridiculous arm. He he's does. almost like Rodgers. And he's in the in perfect opinion, when it comes to arms. He does. So, but then you bring up Rodgers. Hate Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers got one more Super Bowl than Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. No, I. You know. You know what I'm saying is 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 a lot of these guys sell tickets. They they excite you on TV, and good old Tom Brady just keeps on going and doing it. Mm-hmm. No flash. Tom Brady wins with with nobody. Um, so I, I'm not a flash guy. I, I like a blue-collar quarterback. I don't get excited about 58, 55 games. I like to see a 13-10 game. Um, th- those are the games that, 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 that really bring me to the table. I, I, you, see I what just, kind of, you see what kind of team you have in those games. Oh, well, yeah. You learn a lot about a team. Well, when it well, let me game. ask you this now. You know, we talked about Cooper. I love, I love the move for the, the Cowboys getting in, but are you concerned at all that – there was no real big jump with production with Dak and Cooper touchdown wise. I mean, he's still like I said, I just read it off 23, 22 and 22 back back to back years. You would think maybe there'd be a bigger jump with now you got a legit playmaker on the yeah, outside. I think that granted the, first they, year with they, them. It was a now, first year and you're talking mid-season trade. Yes, now let's have an off-season yeah. together. Yeah, let's okay. have an off-season because you know what when he had to make a couple big throws to beat the Eagles 
when when that game was, I believe, six to three at the half, and it got into an overtime shootout. When he made the big throws, when they, when the Eagles answered, and he had to throw you know seventy nine yards to Amari Cooper breaking away. I mean, he made the throw. Um, he he made a throw to put Dallas on the board out in um, in the playoff game in, in Los Angeles. I mean, I, I I have no problem with the Cooper trade. I you know what you got, and the big thing is. I don't know how you jump into a midseason trade and get time to go to wide receiver at, at any level of football. But now you're you're saying, especially with his Prescott type quarterback, who's 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 really grown in with guys. He missed Jason Witten, so to me, he felt his way through the season. But what about how how the season ended? Granted, those last three games, he didn't do anything. Maybe four for thirty, four for forty. And that final run, he was not involved. Is that is that a problem of not having enough guys around him that you isolate? Dak or you isolate Amari on defense where you, you take him out of the game plan and then you work with well, Beasley and whoever else you got. And, and some of the game plan takes you back to Scott Lenahan again. Yeah. Um, it takes you to Lenahan. So, again, that's that's why it, I don't know how much Kellen Moore excites me as is it's not Lenahan. Um, I just, I just want to say I think it's so – that just whole situation is just so interesting how he was a player. Then he went to an assistant – because he basically retired, and now he's all of a sudden the offensive coordinator, Quickly, yeah. and he's not even thirty. Yeah, I mean, look at yeah, that is, <laughs> look at Byron Leftwich too. Kind of all of a sudden now he's the offensive coordinator in in uh, Arizona, and they kind of did better with him. So sometimes you get those younger guys that are still so fresh from uh, and come more a lot more fresh than Byron Leftwich, but guys that recently just stopped playing, but they understand how the game has changed. They understand what takes what it takes to win, and they got a different mindset in there than some of these older school guys. Um, and then you see some some results from that. So. And a backup quarterback to me is almost like a catcher in baseball, as far as like, you know, they're on the pad the whole game. I mean, they're dissecting everything. But we talked so about we talked about it last night in, in a car ride. We talked about exactly that. That backup quarterback is they're so more valuable than the starter it's starting the best, quarterback. You want the best job in all sports. You want that veteran backup quarterback in the locker room with a young kid. You 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 couldn't go and have Eli Manning. Retire this year and put Jones in the game, but now if if Eli is there and he brings this kid along, there's so much more value in Eli. There's more value in Eli this year off the field and in in the locker room, um, at meetings, and in the quarterback room than there's going to be what they do on the sidelines. Correct. There's more value. Eli's good, and, and it's so many. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. So that's like the Bears got so much shit for signing Chase Daniel. But he's but a veteran. Chase, yeah, he was a veteran backup quarterback that can. Experience is invaluable. Invaluable, yeah. man. You can't you can't put so, price talking experience like that when you're surrounded by young guys. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Joe Flacco came out and said, mm-hmm. and I put on Twitter uh, a poll. Joe Flacco come out, came out and said, "It's not my job to groom Locke. It's um, not his job. It's not, not his job. Um, it's Locke's job to, to watch him yeah. and see how he goes about his business. That's that's 100 percent correct. Do you think that's a douche move to say? Douche thing no. to say though? No? no, I think I think you saw the same thing with Brett Favre. I don't think Brett Favre was like, oh great, I get to mentor Aaron Rodgers. It's hey, I'm going to go about my business the same way. It's not my job to teach you. It's your job to to follow me around and be my my little puppy. And it's up to you to how much work you put in and follow me. Let's go back right there. Without, I really don't want to lose where we're at in the subject, but let's go back to to Favre Rodgers. Yeah. Okay. How many teams passed on Rodgers? Now it takes me to the Giants this year. If they would have passed on Jones and he comes out and he becomes a Pro Bowl or three-time Super Bowl winning quarterback 
And you all sit there and say, you know, when we could have had him, how, there's 23 other teams, 24 other teams that could have had Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And, and you sit there and you say, wow, that guy sat in that green room forever. So, you know, sometimes if you're the Giants, you got to sit there and say, if that's our guy, we, we can't wait till pick number two that, or number that's, 17. That's what we got to take him at number six. Right. So it leads me back to that is it's, it's, it's really a crapshoot. And if you feel like the guy you want is there, you got to take him. How many times you see a, a top draft pick and he turns into nothing? Right. Oh, but then you see the later yeah. round picks. So there's no guarantee just because the top round pick Correct. is going to be good or bad. You and know, a lot you, of it has to do with systems yep. and everything you else. You never know. You never but, know. yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the Flacco thing because, one, I think – all right, so Eli, I think we can all kind of agree like Eli is kind of – this is probably his last year. So I think if, if it's a guy that knows it's going to be his last year, maybe it's a little easier for you to help – guide that that person behind you but someone like Flacco I mean Flacco isn't terribly old and he's not far removed oh, from a Super 30, Bowl 33 32 yeah and he's not far removed from a Super Bowl so it's almost like you know ha, you know he still thinks he can probably play another 4 or 5 years mm-hmm. so in his opinion he's probably like why would I want to groom this guy to take my job you know you know what I'm saying so I think his situation and Eli's situation is a little different in, in that retrospect sure uh, I agree 100% I think I, I want to say Gettleman even said something too about uh, you know he had a weird comment but he was like it's Jones's job to be up Eli Manning's butt it's not Manning's job to teach him like hey come here come do this and that it's Jones's job to follow him around and you know you know not to always talk about the Giants today but Think about it again, too. There's Laletta, who's a young quarterback, and now they have a dilemma where you have you have Eli, Jones, Laletta, and then you also you've had Alex Tania, another veteran guy over the last couple of years that you want to keep in the in the core in the QB well, one room. Of those guys is going to be gone. So who's are you going to get rid of? Another young guy? You're going to get rid of Tanny, who you just signed back for a second year. Think, so which think, one do you value more? The the competition with the young guys or two veteran guys? You can't keep four quarterbacks. Oh no! I mean, most some teams don't even keep. They, rarely will you see three active. I mean, you see two active, and then you got the practice squad guy. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, in my opinion, they. I think they probably get rid of Laoletta over Tanny. From, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, they were high on Laoletta. Yeah, they took him in the fourth round. They were round. high on Davis Webb too. Yeah. When they took yeah, him, oh, I yeah. see. I see Tanny. You know, he he see, he was in camp with Dallas back in the day. Uh, a couple years ago, I see him more as, you know, hey, you know what, that gives us a, a scout team guy, gives us, a you know, another arm for camp. I, I don't see him being the backup to Jones in two years. I, I don't see that. I, I see him more as a guy to keep around now. He's, and, and when you, you bring a guy off the street and you draft the guy in the fourth round, I, I think they go to the fourth round. I think Loretta yeah. keeps his job. Yeah, I, I think because yeah, despite just, I think the only thing happened with Lola is he got in trouble last year with the the, the ticket, yeah. Thing, yeah, and the evading the cops thing, and that because he was supposed to start later at the end of the year, and they banged they, they banged that one because he got in trouble. Mm-hmm. So I think they got to give him at least one chance because there was a lot of teams that, despite where he got picked, that really liked Kalaletta. I know, uh, you know, maybe it's Smith, but I know the Patriots have talked about a lot about being linked to Lalletta and. Uh, you know, they seem to know what they're doing over there in New England. So, if, you know, if Belichick's praising a kid, then, you know, he's got to be pretty decent. He takes you know? quarterback every year. I mean, he no. takes quarterback every year. He'll take somebody. I mean, Stidham this year. I was going to say, don't sleep on the Stidham pick. Well, I, I, I'm not – look, I don't think he's going to be Tom Brady. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. you know, he performed decent in college. Um, I don't know. You can never question what the Patriots do. So – I mean, they had to see something. I mean, obviously, they still got Brian Hoyer is going to be their backup again. Well, well think about them now, right? They drafted Jacoby Brissett, and they drafted— And Brissett's uh, been solid. 
Yes, for Pacheco's solid. What, what's his name? The guy in the Niners now. Garoppolo. I don't like Garoppolo. Garoppolo. So they know how to develop some quarterbacks. They know how to develop them and how to get something from them. Yeah, so you have the draft guys, they but they know they how leave. to... <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. Brissett's honestly probably been the best one to leave. I think he's better than like Matt Castle. Oh, Matt Castle's terrible. He left. He was terrible. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Garoppolo's that good. No, I'm talking homegrown guys. But, that, but no, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying like Matt Castle stole money from a lot of teams. Yeah, he, he stole still, money from I don't know, Minnesota, yeah. Kansas City. He's still stealing money. Didn't he play I, last I, year? Uh, Maybe he retired. He might, was, was, no, I think he's still active. He was like with the Titans. I think or something. he did. He did. He played after Mariota hurt his elbow. And he was he was never good. I mean, he was a USC quarterback, and you know he stepped in with Brady. Got hurt there in the 2008 season, and and, and, and oh man, yeah, terrible, awful. So what do you think? So I think Garoppolo is yet to be seen if he can live up to it. But you think about Castle he t- towards ACL. What this guy made a lot of money as a seventh <laughs> round pick. Oh yeah, this guy made a lot of money off of one season. De- he was in Detroit this year. Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. Yeah. So there's another guy that played with the Patriots, the Chiefs. Then he stole a bunch of money from Minnesota. He went to Buffalo for a year, split that year, with, and went to Dallas. Uh, then he was Tennessee two years. And, and he, I mean, this guy was a pro bowler. A seventh-round pick pro bowler made a shit ton of money Yeah, for being terrible. It was one season. The season, season that he filled in for Brady. Who, who was hurt. that guy with the Packers that threw seven touchdowns? Flynn? Matt, Matt, Matt Flynn made a lot of money. He got like Seattle. 50 million the next year. And then, and then they drafted Russell Wilson, and Wilson started the opener. How about Mike Glennon signed that huge deal with the Chicago? Yeah, he signed with Chicago. And then he's out the next year. And, that, and that's why I'm having good How much did he get? 44 million? I mean, it was three was like, years, 45 million. He had 15 million many, a year. 15, how much guaranteed? Uh, I think the major, I think 30 Most of, of it that was guaranteed. A ridiculous yeah. amount. How crazy is that? That's why they didn't have a problem cutting him because they paid him the first season. Yeah, more in his bonus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was terrible. I didn't like that either. Uh, a guy who barely did anything with Tampa. Yeah. Oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah, th- that was the John Fox era. He was just doing anything to try to save they his job. They needed something. Yeah, something. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, the NFL position the NFL position in the NFL – or the quarterback position in the NFL is just on another level right now. And last – so, like, before we go into anything else, I just want to – we all can agree we all hate the Eagles. Oh, <laughs> yeah. without a doubt. There's no argument yeah, there. No, that's uh, – uh, that's, That's a high five all day. That's unanimous. So where are we with the Nick Foles situation in Jacksonville and the Eagles in general? Because they got – so they get rid of Foles, which they didn't have to do, and they – Carson Wentz is okay when he plays, but is he going to – you know, once week 13 comes, all bets are off yeah. with uh, Carson Wentz. Agree. Agree. I, I don't then, disagree at all. I like Wentz. Ta- I don't think you can give up on that talent. Um, I agree. He was performing at a high level before he got hurt. Foles is one of those guys, those veteran guys that was able to step in and right the ship when things were, you know, in disarray and led them to the Super Bowl, man. And I think that next year when Wentz was in there and they didn't have the confidence in him yet because he was unsure of himself, you know, a guy that can move around and you're not, you're worried about your ACL. And then, of course, Nick Foles, and you're going to have that confidence. He just won your Super Bowl. So yeah, I think guys are going to play better around him, and because he was leading them better, he was he's comfortable again. Um, I don't like paying Nick Foles all that all that money. Well, I think he's it's already that, failed once. Granted, he's gotten that opportunity in the, in the past when he was younger. You know, as you get older, things change. You you learn who you are. You learn your strengths. But I, I know my buddy who's a big Jags fan likes Nick Foles. I mean, how can you not after dealing with Blake Bortles? Um, but I just don't think it's going to work out with him and Jacksonville. And I think Wentz will – I don't think he's going to be the next RG3. 
I don't see him being the RG3 where all of a sudden now he's getting hit and he's toast. I think he's too good and he, he will find a way to... It's just been major things, though, like your back and then well, you know, your ACL. Back. Like, yeah. Look at Romo. Romo, I mean, Romo was still playing. He wasn't great and he couldn't win the big games, but he was still Brandon, playing at a decent level. He's got age injury. on his side. You heal a lot better when you're young. Grand, those are significant injuries. You I'm do. not downplaying it, but um, with medicine nowadays and how young he is, he's but, got a better chance than an older guy. Let's, 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 let's play hypothetical here. Let's face facts. Nick Foles was going to beat the Saints. If Alshon Jeffrey could catch a football, Nick Foles was going to take <laughs> them I down the field. Which I love that he didn't. I, I love that he didn't either because yeah. I couldn't handle it. Because yeah. I knew in my heart, yeah. as an Eagle hater, they were going to go to the Super Bowl if they won that game against the Saints. That drive right there was a Super Bowl winning drive. They were going to go to the Super Bowl. They were going to go out and destroy the Rams. It wasn't even going to be, it wasn't even going to be close. Nick Foles was going to go out. He was going to unload on the Rams. The Eagles were going to pound the Rams. They were going to take advantage of the youth and inexperience. And their hot hand in the playoffs, they were going to go to the Super Bowl if Alshon catches that ball, keep the drive alive. Is Nick Foles an eagle if they if they win that game? Let's say just they win that game against the Saints, which I'm convinced they go to the Super Bowl. Where, where's the Nick Foles situation? I think you can't, you, can't, you can't let him leave. I know leave. you can't. You can't let him leave. If he, if he wins that game, you can't let him leave. I think that if they got to the Super Bowl... I think that he's stays. They I go to the Super Bowl and maybe they win. You, you can't let him leave. I think. How do you, I think how do you even adjust it to your fan. Even if he made the Super Bowl, I think they don't let him leave. Back to but back I think Super that Bowl, if he, he if he would have went and laid an egg against the Rams, then he's not back. But like, if, he, if you're playing hypothetical, I'm playing and, hypothetical. He, and he gets to the Super Bowl, he's back. I have the Eagles in the Super Bowl if the. Eagles win that game and keep that drive alive to win that game against Saints. Well, Eagles were in the Super Bowl. Eagles fans were already ready to trade Carson Wentz to the Raiders. They were. They were already. That was the number one thing. The they Raiders. Were. Everyone. Was Everybody like, was so, all on the big because the Raiders had all the picks. They were like uh-huh. trade right they, Wentz for two first round picks. Now then we go hypothetical again. We still Wentz. I thought Wentz should have been Cleveland Brown. Oh yeah. I I still don't understand that draft pick because I thought he would fit Cleveland better than Philly. Now he's been okay in Philadelphia. Um, Hugh Jackson said he wanted Carson Wentz. Yeah. I, I'm not. I don't know. As a Cowboy fan, I'm not scared of Carson Wentz. I'm scared. I was scared of I'm Nick Foles. I'm not scared of Carson Wentz. I was scared of Nick Foles because he just you just you you just felt like you were going to get more out of my. You know what? Ah, you know what? I, I see some certain things with Wentz that just it doesn't excite me. Well, but it does excite me because I feel like I can beat him. As a Bears fan, when they lost to them, I in my heart I knew going into that game like the Bears are going to lose this game. Like they're there's they're just not they're going to lay they're they're going to play well. But and they're going to lose this game because – and ultimately it came down to – It had nothing Harvey, to do but, with Nick Foles. But, you know, Nick Foles, he didn't play well that game, but he made the big throws when he, he had he, to. He, he kept him in the game. Down. He, he kept him in the game. And so I feel like if the Bears would have played Carson Wentz, they would have won. I would have taken the Bears over Carson Wentz, but, but Nick Foles – they just have a different swagger with right. Nick Foles at quarterback. They, they the just the thing. defense takes on the defense takes on another identity. I mean, they're playing. They go to Chicago playing with their twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty sixth defensive backs of, over the season. I mean, and 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 he did. He t- he took them to another level, and he goes out and wins that game. And uh, no doubt in my mind, as much as it pains me, the Eagles were going to go to the Super Bowl if they win that game against. Well, the and Williams. I think, I think what separated Foles from Wentz was. He didn't lock in on one receiver. Correct. A lot of people were saying that yeah. that Wentz was too Alshon happy, try to force him and Ertz the ball. Where and then Foles Alshon was it around. Alshon was hurt for most of the beginning of the year too. So I'm looking at Wentz's stats now because again, I I don't know all the numbers. Right, eleven games he threw twenty one touchdowns, seven picks with a completion percentage of seventy. 
but they went five and six. Right? They lost Ajayi. Do they have? They lost Ajayi at that point. Hurt. Towards ACL, they lost. They didn't have Alshon for a while. The guys still put up numbers. The team did not click as well. well they wanted. They, they wanted Foles. them. They wanted Foles to to come in and Wentz get benched before he had. But I think that's hurt. my point. You can't give yeah, up on a guy that throws thirty three touchdowns and seven picks the year before, and then comes in in thirteen games and then eleven games throws twenty one. Well, well, that's what I was. I got into an argument with someone on Twitter saying like, "Look at the numbers, dude. Like, Wentz, Wentz isn't Wentz playing can put bad. Up numbers, yeah. but the team was not." Clicking like they were with Foles. But then that would take you to the Eagles' philosophy. You say you can't give up on that. The Eagles gave up on 27-2. and two. Foles threw 27 touchdowns, two picks, and they were more than willing to part ways with the guy. Well, who are you going to you going to sign the older guy or are you going to stick with your young guy? you going to sign the older guy? I, I don't then, know. Let, we'll you, we'll find out if they did the right thing. What do you do with Wentz? Yeah, you're going to have to we'll trade We'll find Wentz, out. Though. I mean, I was. I just hope either one, either decision they one made blows up in their face. The yeah, <laughs> either way, I care less. I hope. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with <laughs> you. You know, if, 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 if Carson Wentz takes a, and he doesn't pan out and, and he's out of the league in two years, I'm, I'm popping a cork and I'm excited. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think that the Eagles should be glad they got the Super Bowl when they did because I don't oh, think gosh. they're going to be as good as what they were. I think... They've already started losing pieces on defense because, let's be honest, you can't keep everybody. I mean, the Seahawks built that great foundation. Now, look, all those guys, aside from Bobby Wagner, are gone. Yeah. Uh, Doug Baldwin retired. Chancellor's um, done. Chancellor's done. So, like, those guys – and Thomas is can't gone. Keep, you can't keep those guys. You can't keep it. You catch a little lightning in a bottle. I mean, you know, the Eagles two years ago went to the Super Bowl because the Saints couldn't play defense on the final play of the game. Yeah. That's that's the only reason they went to Super Bowl. When, when Minnesota traveled to Philadelphia, and Philadelphia's won a Super Bowl, and that's the same thing I say this year with this with the Saints situation. Um, so they caught their lightning in a bottle. I'm not scared of the Eagles one bit. Not I'm not no. threatened by them. I'm not scared of them. I know people got some some people got to pick as a division winner. I'm telling May the 14th, I believe it is 15th, whatever it is today. I'm not scared of the Eagles. I'm, I'm not concerned. I'm not scared. I, I'd be more worried about the New York Giants right now yeah. than I am about the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not being naive. I think it's Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Skins in power rankings for the East. What? All right. So where? So today's what? The fifteenth? Fifteenth of May. Fourteenth. Fourteenth of May. Um, who are you taking as your NFC team? NFC. We're going Super Bowl picks right now. Who are you going NFC? I don't know. It's so 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 early, too. It's so so early. Um, It's it's early, but I'll tell you what. I'm going to Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my God. You guys can laugh, make a joke out of it. I mean, I'm I'm convinced that this team, with this team, where they're at, if they stay healthy, you got Travis Frederick back in the middle. I think he makes light years difference with an offensive line. Light years difference. I think he's a leader. I think they missed him last year. You're talking a team that was – you know, made a nice little run, had a nice little season. Now, now you you throw traffic. I think he's a difference maker. Yeah, everybody talks skill positions. I'm taking that guy under the center. I'm taking the center. I'm going to take him. And, and don't undervalue Jason Witten's leadership abilities. I don't need Witten to go in there and catch 80 balls. I need Witten to calm the offense and certain game, points in the game, have him ready to win a big game, a little bit of leadership. I, I you've seen other guys. There's Cinderella stories in sports all the time. Don't think this guy doesn't get a Super Bowl ring. What, what did what were you, what was your reaction when he came back? I think it's great. He should never retired. Yeah, he should never retired. I'm, I mean, gl- I'm just glad he's out of this. Jason Witten. He's one of the best tight ends, as far as I'm concerned, that I've ever seen play. Oh, he's he's easily. I mean, Tony Gonzalez, him. You know, I mean, Witten just is consistent. The guy missed one game, and that was after a busted jaw in his rookie year. He's he's, he's missed one football game. Um, 
Out of the this, AFC, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I can't, I can't go against Tom Brady. You guys are, so you guys are done with the Saints. I'm done with the Saints. You don't think they got? I mean, Drew Brees is they, my all-time the favorite Saints quarterback. Ever. Beat the Rams. I, I'm not sold on the Rams. I think Todd Gurley. I think something's up with Todd Gurley. So I agree. Touch the ball that much. I think they got too cocky in LA. I think Todd Gurley is very good, but I think that there, there had to be something going on that you're giving C.J. Anderson the bulk of the carries, yeah. you know, in the biggest game of the yeah. season. I mean, yeah, something's he was the hot hand, but he was either he wasn't healthy. He was either was very healthy. hurt or there was. He says that he was healthy. So if he was healthy, then it's got to be something behind the scenes that still hasn't come out. And I think teams played that perfectly, where they put the pressure on Goff. Sure. Goff's not ready for that. Golf is a, Goff's a, quarterback. a decent quarterback. And decent he's NFL decent. quarterback. He's better than what he th- we thought he was going to be when he came out decent his first NFL season. Quarterback. But, again, that, that takes you to they run the ball down Dallas's throat. You never had to see Jared Goff. Yep. You didn't have to see him, so you don't know. Um, but then, boy, you put Bill Belichick against him, and, and they don't score. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just he just owns owned it. Um, boring Super Bowl, by the way. Well, that's yeah, going back to real boring. quick, going back to Pat Mahomes, that game in New England sold me. When they almost, what were they, two, two, three points away from beating him? And in he didn't Gillette give up the like first he was, time as a rookie. Uh, he was slinging it. And yeah, he didn't quit. He fought to the end. But and, okay, uh, so you talk Mahomes. Listen, Mahomes, great player, no doubt about it. I love, I love the Texas Tech connection. I have a man crush on Pat Mahomes. Um, my issue is, if you got Andy Reid, bud, <laughs> I'm not taking, Dan, I'm not putting Pat Mahomes in any Super Bowl in the next fifty years. I love Andy Reid as a coach, but he can't win big games. He just can't. He can't manage time. He still the, can't manage time. Can't manage time. Achilles heel in Philadelphia, it falls him. To Kansas City. So, again, if, if I'm a fan... Like, why did they call a timeout on that last drive of the season for them when they're on defense? Well, they and they're getting the 90, ball just pushed down their throats. They also had a 95-year-old D coordinator. Call a timeout. Yeah, Give your defense a chance to breathe. Chance. They, they the season's chance. on the line. And Not a chance. Let them they let them go right, right down the, down the field, just pound them and physically annihilate them. Oh, my God. And they took the beating. But if I'm in an AFC guy and Andy Reid's coach the Kansas City Chiefs, that's one team I don't worry about. I don't worry about it. Do I expect them to win games? Do I expect Mahomes to light up well, the scoreboard? Absolutely. But you got Andy Reid. And things should be different now. They lost Tyreek Tyre Hill. is going to be gone. Uh, yeah, Tyre, you, you, you lost your, they you lost, lost, uh, you lost your running back. Tyreek Hill, Hunt. they have no choice but to cut Tyreek Hill. If you cut Kareem Hunt, you got to cut Tyreek Hill, yeah. which is two of the most explosive offensive players. Mm-hmm. You know, who are they going to throw to? Chris Conley and Travis Watkins. Kelsey and Watkins. I mean, Watkins is a good complimentary player. Uh, I think he had a good year. Well, they drafted a guy that uh, supposedly everyone says is just like Tyree Kill. So I missed that guy. I don't. I don't, know I don't remember, remember his name either. But I know that they drafted a receiver who was supposed to be a big playmaker. But so I need to ask you then: Why not the Bears for the NFC? What What are the Bears? missing? The Bears are pedestrian. They don't scare me. I I don't know. You know they're they're that typical. And it's not a bad thing. You know, even when the Bears went to the Super Bowl what, thirteen years ago, two thousand six. Yeah. Did Rexy scare you? No, I just you know think I mean? they're they're a totally different team. I just I just don't know if their brand of football translate to 2019. I just I don't know. Again, I, I do I do like Slugfest. I love it. I'm looking forward to Dallas playing Chicago this year. I love it. I want to see teams match up defensively, offensively. Some people say it's pedestrian. I don't want to see again 58, 55 games. I don't want to see that Rams the Monday night game. I don't want to see that game. That may, that game does not interest me because you may as well just. Play two in touch. Yeah, I don't like watching the football we're at today. Some games you turn on, they're great games. You see college games that take four hours and they end up 77 70 after seven overtimes. It's yeah, just it's all ridiculous. offense. 
Um, it's and fun. I think it's fun every once in a while to I have think that the, game. It was fun to watch. The casual game. fan loves it. They think that's great but, football. Yeah, when you can't play defense, it, it, like because you got flags and you and you can't hit guys, that's not fun to me. Like I, I said, it might as well just be the Pro Bowl. That's not, what I mean. Though I think the Bears have. The, I think the Bears are going to have the best defense in football. The Bears have to play home. They got to play home playoff game, and they and of course they did last year. But I I can't blame the well, Bears. Their, their home, I think their home football game hurt them when it came down to Cody Parkey. Oh well, sure. Oh. When I come down to your kicker, I mean that's that's poor Cody Parkey, man. If anybody I mean, had should have had the advantage, it should have been the Bears. They beat Green Bay and Lambo this year, didn't they? Yeah, I mean yeah. the Bears were. That's what I mean. Like I think their offense, not like one of the first their offense is very different. Um, but I don't know, like I. I don't think the offense was the problem throughout the year. I think special teams was – honestly, special teams was their weakness as far as kicker. Um, Cody Parkey lost them three games. The Bears were 12-4. and Who did four. they bring in? they bring anybody else in this year? They had – so they had a kicking tryout. They, no, they, 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 they had nine kickers. They had nine wanted to go back, didn't they? And they yeah, but the Robbie Niners, Gould, released the Niners. Niners. The Niners. They yeah. wouldn't release them. They won't yeah. release them. And uh, – I mean, Robbie Gould struggled his last. It's easier to kick it's, in France. It's easier, it and, and it's also, hey, you're not the guy that missed the kick, so that's the guy you want back. Yeah. Uh, Bears, I'll take the Bears in the north. I mean, I... I, I well, everyone else in that division is bad. Right, I mean, everybody else is there. Kirk Cousins I mean, has a terrible record against good teams. I'm interested to see what happens in Tampa Bay with, with Bruce Aarons. Um, and their female coaches. Well, I mean, hey, <laughs> again, I mean, uh, I'm excited for Bruce Aarons in Tampa. I, I think that's, I think that's a good thing. I don't down like James there. Winston. Not scared of Cam Shout Cam Newton at all. And again, I'm not not scared of him at all. It's Cam Newton. Yeah, um, I like Cam Newton. I've always I'm not a fan. Him. Never liked him. Didn't like him. Dark horse here. My the worst team in the NFL this year is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. I don't wow. like. I don't like Lamar Jackson. That type throw, of offense. Throw the ball. Oh, no doubt about it. Hurt. I can't watch a guy run the football. They don't. They don't have a backup. Um, and th- think about all the players they lost on defense. Yeah, they gained Earl Thomas, but they lost their entire linebacking core. Yeah. I don't agree. Know. I agree. I, I don't see them threatening anybody between them and the Bengals. Harbaugh I mean, they're going to they, fight to be the right back they signed. They got Ingram. Ingram. But That's they, they, I think, hot take here, maybe Harbaugh gets fired six week. The sixth week of the season. I think oh, he's been living off the one Super Bowl they won. He lived off the one Super Bowl they won. They're um, going to be like one and six or one and five, and he's going to get fired. But he bought he bought himself some more time because he made the switch. Jackson had a little bit of what they what they think is success. Yeah, we lost success, but the guy doesn't scare you. My thing is, there's no there was no tape on Jackson, but no. we, the, I mean, it was impressive knowing that he couldn't throw the football that he was still able to win games. But now they're going to see some sort of success on him. I mean, let's be honest, Taysom Hill is probably a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson yeah, when it comes Taysom to throwing Hill. the football. But I just think, on, uh, I, I agree with you, New but Orleans. I think they're going to have to slug it out with the Bengals to finish in the bottom. I honestly, I I liked Driscoll when he was playing over My Andy boy Dalton. Jeff. Yeah. My boy Jeff, yeah, he went up to Cincinnati terrible. and watched him beat uh, Oakland. He did, he did beat terrible. Oakland. That's my boy. Um, I, I think Baltimore is going to be terrible. Like I, I, It's going to be them or the Bills. I don't know. <sighs> Man, the Buffalo Bills, you almost... They, 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 they the signed a bunch Bills. of... They got Cole Beasley. Okay, I receivers. See, I want to see Allen succeed. Oh, I like. I want to see Allen succeed. He's another tall quarterback. Yeah, big kid. I mean, the, from from not a prototypical small school, but you, you don't get a guy drafted out of Wyoming every day. Uh, I like to see him be successful. Crazy athletic. Crazy athletic. Big strong guy. Um, you know, uh, and if I'm rooting for somebody out of the AFC North, I'm rooting for the Cleveland Browns, man. Oh, I yeah. love the Browns. I love the, the Browns of Bernie Kosar lore, you know, 30, 35 years ago. I mean, that should have went to a couple Super Bowls in the late 80s. 
Um, I love the hype around. Cleveland. I love Cleveland. I'm, I love I'm, the hype I'm, I'm, I'm in on Cleveland. People I love are like, Cleveland. oh, they're crazy. The thing I, that people don't think I love was, the hype. Cleveland's had a good defense for quite a while. It was the offense they that really lacked click. weapons. So now that defense has been around together for a while. I, I like the Browns. I like the Browns. The Steelers do not scare me. Oh, no. So so I'll take the Browns in the north. I'll take the Bears in, in the north on the other side. What about the Texans? Where are you at with them? I'm not a believer. The Texans are what they are. They are what they are. You know, they're that team. If they do make the playoffs, they're getting bounced right away. This is O'Brien's last year, I think. Uh, if he doesn't win a playoff game, absolutely. Um, I love Deshaun Watson. He can playmaker. Yep, throws the ball. Playmaker well, throws the ball well. He's good leader. That guy's a winner. I love man. Hopkins. Tough kid. DeAndre Hopkins is Hopkins awesome. tough one. Um, yeah, I, I I like the Texans, um, but then you got to look at the rest of your division. I mean, are you scared of the Titans? Are you scared of the Colts? Are you scared of the Jaguars? I like the Colts, although I, I thought like the, the Colts, Colts a lot. I thought the Colts would have <laughs> been a little Andrew bit Luck. more active in free agency and. I thought they would have drafted a little better. Uh, they weren't very active in free agency. I thought I liked everyone wanted them to sign Le- Le'Veon. I like their running backs in Mac Marlon and Mack. Wilkins. I like those two guys. Um, and Naeem Hines, a little guy, he yeah, bounce and, out, yeah. catch the ball. My only thing is they have all right. They found a tight end in Ebron and Doyle. Those two together, but. You know, T.Y. Hilton is getting older. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not going to be that quick forever. No. I thought that they would have addressed, and I think they signed. Um, they did sign a receiver. I can't remember who it was, um, but I mean, I, I thought they would have they would have been a little bit more active in free agency than what they were. But at the same time, they were good last year. If they feel like you know, sometimes when you bring in too many guys, it can ruin that chemistry. So. You know, you want to bring in the right guys. So, so I don't know. Maybe wow. that, that was kind mm-hmm. of their thing. So Peter King, you know Peter King? Uh, he's got Baltimore Ravens. Just came out of pr- post-draft early uh, power rankings. Has the Ravens at 12th best team. In the really? league? In the in league. The top half. Wow. Where are, the, where are the Bears? The where bottom, are our teams? The bottoms that? teams are Miami, Arizona, right. Cincy, Tampa, Giants at 28. I disagree with that. The Lions, Jets. Titans, Broncos, Bills, Washington. I disagree with that. I think they're at the even lower. Uh, Carolina, Jags, Raiders, Steelers, Falcons, Cowboys at 16, Texans at 15, Packers, Seahawks, Ravens, Browns at 11. Dude, I'd take the Falcons over the Ravens. Vikings I, at I mean, 10 and Chicago I have at no nine. faith in Peter King. I've seen Peter King you know, make some... Unbelievably horrendous. Chicago picks. at nine. Chicago at nine. Who's Colts, a, who's Colts at three. Wow. Colts yeah, at three. No. So and then they're bet he's. He best, might want to flip that upside down is, uh, or re- reshuffle his deck or something. But that's that's Chiefs Peter King. One. I mean, I've seen Peter King make some hellacious. What that's about why this podcast? What this about podcast the Chargers, is take man? Off. What about the Chargers? They were good last year. I'm. You know what? I I'll take Philip Rivers. Rivers. He need, well, he, he just popped out another kid, so he's gonna have another good year. I am, a, and they didn't have Bosa most of the year last year no. either. I would take Philip Rivers to war anytime, any day. I'd sign him tomorrow. They're another team that needs. They Mike Williams finally started to perform last year. Love Philip and Mel- Melvin Gordon was a beast yeah. last year. Um, oh and they got gosh. another running back though that started to play when Gordon got hurt, who did pretty well. Um, yeah. Um, I'm so bad with names. Eckler. Yeah. No, Eckler got hurt too. It was another dude too. There was another guy behind Eckler that was. Oh better. no, but Eckler, he's he's very good, very good. Um, so I, I always forget about the Chargers, man. I, I, last year, I remember probably almost halfway through quarters of the season, I'm like, oh my god, the Chargers are 
11 and 2, good. whatever they were. I was like, holy cow. I was my, it Justin Jackson? Yeah, Justin Jackson. Jackson. I totally, totally forgot about the Chargers. Yeah, I, you know what? I'll have to do a power ranking, power rankings like a month before the season starts and see where mine matches up with Peter King. Sorry, Peter King. Uh, you have a trash take of power rankings. Yeah, I mean, Peter King, I mean, honestly, I mean, it's almost laughable that you can sit there and tell me that you have some of the teams in the bottom half and you got you got some of these teams in, in the top half. I mean, I, I don't... Uh, I have no faith in Peter King. I remember as a kid growing up when he first came in and reading his stuff in Sports Illustrated, man. Whew, man, I thought, this guy's great. And then all of a sudden you get to the Super Bowl and you're like, how the hell did this guy pick these two teams? These two teams are sub-500. They can't even get to the playoffs. And this guy's picking them in August. Yeah. kind of. It's, it's those guys that they have no idea what they're talking about. Kind of around yeah. the same like topic, like... I'm kind of interested to see how Mike Mayock, how the Raiders do. Yeah. With him on the other side. Yeah, with him doing Agreed. the drafting. If the Giants uh, don't get hard knocks, Oakland would be a cool one to watch. Yeah, just because... They, they sent all the scouts home, like yeah, all that I mean, drama leading up to the draft. Because Mayock, you know, he did it for so many years on you know ESPN or whatever. Like, is how Let's see how accurate he is, you know? I want to see Mel Kuyper as a GM. Yeah, I mean Mel Kiper. Everyone loves Mel Kiper. Let's see him as a GM. Hey, look, I see that some I see some of these GMs, and I'm like, you know, Lewis Riddick's been a guy that's applied to so many jobs, and he hasn't gotten them. But he's he applied for the Giants job before we hired um, Gettleman, and he came out after the draft with what he would have done. And sure, some of the things he says sounds good, but does he understand the numbers? He might. He probably understands them better than I do. But he's talking about, oh, I wouldn't have traded Odell. I would have signed Landon Collins. We didn't have the money to sign those guys, to have both of them. And we Landon Collins. Would, our line is the problem. We wouldn't have no money to, to get the line. We wouldn't have gotten Zeitler, who is top five right guards in all of football for the last three, four years. So he's that was the best trade that he's done all year. I like your grill peppers. I think I don't, I'm going to miss Odell, the talent. I don't miss the drama queen. But I like the move we made with them. I We'll see uh, how the draft picks play out with with Lawrence at seventeen, and then we got O'Shane. Uh, they call him X Man. I don't know how to say his last name from uh, Old Dominion, the linebacker that was pick ninety five. I think was part of that deal. So we'll see how that plays out. But getting rid of Vernon, I was fine with cutting him. He was he was he did nothing for us. And Beckham, yeah, that that sucks to lose. You can't replace a Beckham talent, but we finally have a line and all those championship runs. We had defensive line and we had offensive line. And, tr- and not signing Collins, like safeties to me are ranking just like running back. You can't I agree. I like Collins. I, I'm a big Collins fan, man. Just he's not worth all that money. Eddie Jackson was a fourth or fifth round. Granted, pick and he's... you know, you know, he, uh, double edged sword with Collins. He didn't put up great numbers last year or so, but he also had no help in the backfield. No, you, you, no, you didn't really have much help. There. But, so he but, can't be as aggressive as he was a couple years ago when you had DRC Jenkins and some of these guys playing at full strength. You had Jenkins who still played well, but. He was the only guy out there. So he, Collins couldn't really sit back and just kind of mind. He had to go up and play coverage, and that's not his strength, you know. I I think, mean? But um, you can't pay him the that money kind that of Washington money. gave him. There's that's no way. And keep Beckham with I the mean, contract. You couldn't do it. Right so, now, I think. Um, what he's talking about, I don't, I don't the, buy the transition is on defensively, where you go away from them big hitting safety because you can't hit anybody anymore. You can't hit anybody. So now you, you go either edge rushers, and are they as valuable as they used to be? 
Everybody wants to push up the middle. You get a guy like Tom Brady, you want to be in his face. Now you get mobile quarterbacks and linebackers are the most important. Well, an edge rusher, like, yeah, it's great, but you can't hit the quarterback. So, can't hit quarterback. The so of, to me, the, the, yeah. the linebacker value is so high right now. You're hoping you create poor throws by rushing. Not even right. so much what, sacks anymore. That's creating the, pressure. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's what the NFL's resulted that's the, to. That's is. been the Giants. Because they can't. They don't create any pressure. Guys mm-hmm. sit back there and dissect the defense that hasn't it's, been strong in the That's backfield. one thing I love about Murray Khalil Mack is he gets a lot of sacks, but – how many of those sacks are like clear hits on the quarterback? They're yeah. mainly just dinky, like. But he's he's up there. Yeah, he's, like, he's or in strip, their and face he's all always the time. going after the football. Like yeah. it, I mean, so many strip sacks. You need those and, guys. Yeah, I mean that's what I. I mean, you know, everyone says all the Bears gave up two first rounders. Look, I'll take Khalil Mack in the first Khalil round Mack's any day. <laughs> so, one of the best defensive players in all of football. Yeah, so that's fine. So I'm good with that. Um, I don't I don't have anything else for the NFL, but. I did want to. I did have a question for you though when it came to. So obviously, those of you know that like Rob played uh, professional baseball, recently retired. I had a question. Did you when you were in the National League? Did you have a bat deal, or did you just did, I have bar- a bat did deal? you no. borrow? I didn't Who's have a bat deal. I got some bats um, from some companies uh, when I was in the minor leagues. Because once you get to double A, that's when you start hitting. So I like I had a few Max bats. Uh, I had a couple Victus bats. Um, you know, I had that connection through my agent. You know, got my name put on like a like a hot shot. Thought that was cool. Um, but then when I got to the big leagues, I just I went in the in the bat closet, man, and I just picked out some bats that felt good, and I was swinging a couple of sand bats, and uh, um, I had some bats around, but uh, no, I didn't have any any bat deals. Man. I just didn't know how that worked for pitchers. If nah, no, no, oh, you think gloves and shoes? Got a- gloves and shoes, man. Maybe yeah, guys like that that can hit, grinky, and uh, yeah, I'm sure some of those guys, you know, got some got some money coming in from certain bats. Yeah, I was I was wondering that. I was sitting there last night, I'm like. I wonder if you got a bat deal, but I was like, no, I was going to text cool. you. I was like, but cool. let me just ask on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I, I still keep a bunch of lumber around, so that would have been cool. But uh, yeah, pitchers, you got. I think you got to really be a hitter, man, to to get that done. Yeah. Um, also, so like when you retired, all right, what was your first day of retirement like? I feel like this is something I would ask like a seventy year old that retired, <laughs> but. I mean, it was just like normal, normal just stuff because they're still kind of in the off season. I think once the season started. And then kind of sitting around and realizing, like, hey, I'm not there right now. It's weird. Um, you know, but like I said earlier, man, I just got to do a lot of cool stuff. I went. I remember one of the first days, uh, Kelly and I, we went out on Wakaiva on, uh, Springs in Florida. And we were just kind of canoeing, kayaking around, and just sitting in the water all day. You know, a nice, nice summer day. And uh, just enjoying myself. Just, like I said, having some experiences um, on a personal level that I've never got to do. And uh, let me just enjoy enjoy everyday life for a little bit um yeah it, it was definitely weird not not kind of being involved in spring training and all that like i'm used to you know it definitely felt like hey i'm, I'm supposed to be somewhere right now you know because i'm used to and you know, for the last eight years professionally i was gone i was you know when you know february and around came around or even late january i was in arizona or florida for spring training whatever it was i was at the complex getting ready and here i was kind of sitting around i'm like well this is weird you know but uh you know i'm enjoying it right now <laughs> And Leon, so those of you that also don't know, Leon's been a travel baseball coach and a coach in baseball around here for freaking ever. It yeah. seems like he coached me, he coached Rob. Um, what's it? And you've kind of been so like Rob and I didn't play together, but mm-hmm. uh, what's it been like? So you coached him. What's it been like to kind of see him go from you know you see basically seen it all from the time he was. I've seen I've seen a lot. That's only that's that's only with Rob. That's with everybody. Um, you 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 hope guys, and it is nice. You like two guys like yourselves, Augusto, Sharanko. It's it's cool. To sit down here. We are. How many years later? And you, you build some good relationships out of it. Um, 
It was it was pretty cool. You, you see a guy get drafted. All right, that's pretty cool. You get in the minor leagues, and of course you think, wow, you know, this guy's got a shot to make the big leagues. Um, and and then you do get that call as a friend and as a coach, and you're like, holy shit, this guy's going to pitch in the major leagues tomorrow night. Um, it's it's pretty wild. Um, but but there's a lot of you guys that had some pretty special stories. You know what I mean? You you probably had a chance to go, and and did to go to Westchester. But you chose another avenue for yourself. You got married. You got you got a little boy. You got a, you got a, a little girl on the way. You, you're moving on to your careers, and and you took a different path. And and you basically maybe could have won a college world series, but you're happy with your life now. You got a great wife, beautiful wife. You have you have a little guy, and you have another one on the way. So isn't it something how how your your lives translate? Um, I was talking to um, my old coach, uh, Coach Carter, last night at, at baseball practice. I took him a scorebook from 1996 when his son played on my little league team. We looked at that. There was only one kid on the whole team who played baseball. Thirteen kids on that roster, and it was a ten-year-old little league team. One kid on that team played high school baseball. I, I, there's kids on that roster that went to jail. There's kids that are in the military, retired at this point. All these years. It's it's funny how everybody, after doing this for twenty-six years, um, how everybody has their own story. It's not only a baseball story. I've seen guys want to be great football players, soccer players. Lawyers, um, doctors, uh, firefighters, Tom Penn, professional firefighter. I mean, um, uh, it's it's just funny how all the characters work. Yeah, of course you, you, every kid wants to be a major league baseball player at that point, but you know, let's face your fact, you, you never had a major league fastball, but, but you got guys out. Mm -hmm. So to watch you pitch at 17, 18 years old, I remember you pitched a game one, nothing. We won down in Delaware. Like, holy shit, this game went an hour and a half and Werner threw a one nothing game and, and it was a bulldog. And, and Rob was a bulldog in different ways. And we had a kid, Coleman Strong, who threw a knuckleball that you could count on big win a big game. It's, the whole picture is, is really big. Yeah. And it, it's not only what happened between the white lines. And, and, but the players have changed. Players have changed a lot. Parents have changed. Um, the work ethic has changed. I mean... Did another year of high school baseball this year, and um, it will be my last. I did not renew my contract at Pocono Mountain. Um, so we're breaking news on breaking the news. There's breaking news. There's your press conference. <laughs> I am not returning to Pocono Mountain. Um, you know, and and, and it's, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. It's you a lot. you know from coaching high school, baby. You play professional baseball. Uh, as we sit here, we just built this house. We moved in in November. I've done no work outside, and half my spring is shot. Yep. You know, um, so and so the kids are—they're very so different, different. so soft. Yeah. But but are the kids? Well, we'll go off topic a, lot, a little bit here as, as we're on this. It's a great one to ask you guys. I'm 44. You guys mid 20s. Kids that we're talking about anywhere from 10 to 16, 18 years old. Are are the kids soft, or is those of us bringing them up letting them be soft? I feel like society, the kids are soft, but I think society is failing them and letting them be soft. I think that and political I'll, correctness. I'll keep, I'll keep parents out of it in general. Like I'm not even going to say it goes from the parents. I'm just going to say in general I would agree that I think that kids feel almost like a sense of entitlement. Yes. Like almost like, oh, I'm on the baseball team. I'm already on the team. Like I'm going to play. I don't need to. I don't need to go to the weight room. I don't need to go on my off time and take ground balls. I don't have to go throw a bullpen. Uh, it, and it's not, it's like a seasonal thing for them too. Like, like baseball for me, even though I was a professional baseball player, I was practicing right. year round. You know, if I could get outside on a baseball field or in a gym, I was throwing a bullpen or, or whatever. And it's like, that's not it. Like now kids, it's like, 
yeah, I'm a baseball player, but I'm a baseball player from April to June, and then that's it. Well, I'm not a baseball player no more. I, I think my philosophy is I, 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 you can't teach give a shit. You can't teach it. Either you do or you don't. And, and I think the other philosophy is you have very few baseball players. Mm-hmm. You have a shit ton of guys that play some baseball. There's a big difference there. You, you got a lot of guys, especially here in the Northeast, they play some baseball. That there's very few baseball players. Yeah, we were talking about this before we even started the podcast. Like, kids don't watch it. No. They don't, they don't understand. They don't understand the value of watching like, a game and learning yes. the game. They so, take their lessons, pitching lessons, hitting lessons, catching lessons. It's all lessons. It's it, and, and you can never interpret that lesson into a game. I, I say to some guys, I said, wow, I said, you guys spent thousands of dollars this past offseason on, on pitching lessons, and, and, and you can't slide step. What are you spending your money on? So some guy to tell you to, to, have to throw a breaking ball or, or, or a guy telling you you can get two more mile an hour or change your mechanics, but you, you can't even slice step and transition things to the game, and that, that drives me nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like having this time off and doing different things, doing a lot of lessons and coaching, uh, it's definitely opened my eyes to, to how everything's changed in the sense of, you know, I can see it from a distance, um, but now, you know, like I was talking to Zach, um, you know, I do, I do lessons, you know, well in baseball, but, um, yeah, you could play you know, whatever you want. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I charge a decent amount because, you know, and, and it's not me tooting my own horn. Truthfully, or, I think that's cheap. You know, I'm a, I've played in the major leagues. Okay. And I'm from up here in Northeast Pennsylvania. And, um, I don't know anybody else that's played in the major leagues that's up here coaching kids. And, you know, I didn't have that when I was a kid. I've never taken a lesson in my entire life. I've never had a, have a pitching lesson, never had a hitting lesson. It was, you know, my parents having good coaches, me, like we talked about, studying the game, watching the game on TV, emulating my favorite players, understanding why they're doing certain things. Uh, my mindset was just different. And, uh, you know, I have these lessons now and uh, and you've seen them, you know, firsthand. I, I get these kids up there and I understand some of them are 10, 11, 12, but I think back how I was at that age and I was completely different. I can't get these kids to ask me a simple question. We, we do different things. I try to do certain drills with them. I try to... You know, I try to use the language in terms that they understand instead of, you know, certain baseball lingo that they might not because right. they might be advanced. But they, they don't talk to me. They don't give me any dialogue with going on. They think I'm just going to give them some magic pill mm-hmm. and they're going to be Noah Syndergaard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. But that's, that's the perception of where we are today. You don't need to know the game. Yeah. You're just going to go out there and, and you're going to take these lessons and, phew, man, I'm going to be throwing 90 next spring. You know, I charge 65 bucks an hour and parents, now I'm starting to realize they don't even want to pay that. It's like, man, well, you'll, you'll pay all this other stuff for nothing, but I'm giving you the best advice I can give you. I've pitched at every single level, you know, across different states. I've pitched all over this country. No, I don't know everything, but I know a lot more than a lot of people around here. But if you are honest and you, you give your feedback on a player – they sometimes you know they'll go elsewhere when you're not telling they them don't what they like want to hear. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't Truth and I'm not going to tell them what they want to hear. That's a big thing leading you back to the the kids at the high school level who who play some baseball seasonally. Um, as coach, you're put in that politically correct position where where your discipline avenues are different because you're not going to go back and get the school administration. Oh yeah. You know if Billy goes out and goofs around and doesn't show up for practice and doesn't start the next day, Billy's dad's going to probably call to school. There's one out of 10 that's not, but there's yeah. nine out of 10 that's going to call. And is it really worth that five or $6,000 you're getting a year and all the time you put in it's not. because you can't discipline Billy? We've had a couple situations like that in my own coaching experience. And I also kind of going back to what you're talking about with lessons, 
the kids lack there's one thing that they lack the most and it, it affects them on the field off the field it's baseball IQ like not, because they don't they watch don't it, it you can give them all the lessons in the world but they don't have the mental capacity yes. when it comes to baseball they don't know how to, to apply make it. that they don't, switch they don't retain the knowledge I've worked with kids there are some kids I've worked with for four four years and yeah they have gotten better but they want for one they don't go home and do the things I tell them to do and two they just they aren't mentally smart enough baseball-wise. Like, you could be a freaking all-A student, have 4.0 GPA, but baseball IQ is totally different than book smart. And those mm-hmm. kids just aren't mentally smart enough when it comes to baseball to to make those switches. So you could tell them till you're blue in the face one thing, and it doesn't matter. They, yeah. they won't switch it. I think that's a problem. To the, they Today's kids, they don't watch – baseball enough to be able to absorb that information and make a change and and what i've noticed is it it goes both ways one they struggle applying because they don't know and then two they don't care enough to learn how to you know to learn that stuff like you know you know i've i've harped on it with some of these high school kids around here is i feel there's no respect from the players they don't respect their teammates they don't respect the game they don't respect the coach's time oh no um you know guys get practices for every little excuse things Things that these guys do now in high school, and, and like I said, we're not very old. You know, we're in our mid twenties, not too far removed from high school and certain things. Some of these excuses I would never use with my coaches. It would have they never, would never fly. It would have never fly with me. I would never have. Played, the, I would never have the guts to say some of the things these guys say to their oh, coaches no. and the excuses they make. And you played in a different. You know, the South was way different than yeah, Northeast. Yeah, I played up here in a, in a good program. You know, when I was younger, and I went to Florida, and I played in a very, you know, maybe not the best program, but around, you know, travel ball, one of the most elite. But being around baseball minds that demanded a lot, and it wasn't anything I couldn't handle, but it's respecting, hey, you know, this coach is taking two hours out of his day to work with us, and I, I respect, you know, what he's done with the game, who he is, what, you know, his, his track record. I'm going to bust my ass for those two hours. I'm going to give him everything I got. I'm not just going to go through the motions. These kids come to practice. They swing, do the same wrong habits over and over again. No matter how many times you tell them the same thing, they don't give a crap. They just keep doing it and doing it. And it just makes you want to pull your hair out of your head. And it's oh, like, yeah. I, it's, it's tough because I would love to help change some of that, the culture here with some of these younger guys and give back. But I don't know how to uh, apply it to some of these guys. You know? It's no hard to give back. Yeah. It's no accountability. Yeah. It's hard to give back because you don't, it, they don't it seem to care. It goes unappreciated. They don't, they don't I, I seem think to care. the one thing I did notice, um, you know, going off uh, coaching high school level and, and stuff like that and. I, I thought we got Rob to come up. I was like, this is great. This is great for these kids. You know, they'll have a guy who's been in the big leagues. I, I don't know if a guy walked over and asked, hey, how do you prepare for a game? Not one question. What's, what's, what's your, your off days like? Um, I, I mean, even to be cool and say, dude, uh, what's it like, you know, King Felix, uh, Robinson Cano, any, anything. Not even a baseball question. Not even a, what are you thinking? I mean, I or, or what should I do here? Or, or, hey, you know, the game last night, you know. Should I, should I have thrown over twice? Um, should I have slide-stepped here? Should I look to cut down a lead runner? Um, you know, I was 0-2. Should I have made that pitch? Uh, and nothing. Yeah. It's like, wow, you guys are playing baseball. You have something that very few get, and you don't take advantage of it? I mean, that, that would, like, blew me away. But it was, I just kind of sat back and watched just to watch how they would be. Mm-hmm. Wow, man, I'll tell you what. You don't want to get knowledge then. And it's, a, it's across all age levels. It know? is across. You know, oh, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, we coach some younger guys, and, you know, we got some, some talented young players. And going back to things I didn't need to be taught is, like, dugout etiquette. 
you don't eat, you don't eat French fries in the dugout oh, during yeah. a game. You no. don't eat during the game. You don't you don't you know you're not picking your nose having a side conversation all when the game's going on. But that's where we we you know you have to educate the parents. Little Johnny's uh, mom's bringing him a right. hot dog. You know I can't tell you how many times the- guys get a hit, a run, scores, and half the dugout is just sitting there and high fiving their teammates. Nope, like yep. dude, you gotta just lay down a great bunt, sack bunt, move the guy over next base. But hit, that's not scores. that's not what people want to see. They yeah, want to see a three run like, homer. They yeah. don't. The, 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 it's the a team bunt, game, man. The bunt doesn't. You know, get mom and dad excited, and they put it on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, the bunt in Major League Baseball is it's dying. Gone. Like, no one does it. I watched it's gone. I, one of the one of the games. Don't even bunt. <laughs> right, right. One of the games this year, we were down. I don't know what it was, seven nothing or something. Uh, one of a JV game, and one of our guys had a two run home run, and the whole dugout unloads at home plate, celebrating like they won the World Series. Guys jumping on the plate. Cool freshman, cool moment. I get it's high school. It's fun. But act like you've done it before. You're oh, losing me nuts. seven to two. It drives me nuts when the team in high school, or even like at the college level, oh, like a kid man. gets a home run and then they all crowd home plate. Can't stand it. I, I no. Just let them walk in the dugout. Yep. High Celebrate five the dugout. Home, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's, it's not. It, listen, it's not the game, the game winner. Respect your tie the game. Put some clout to it. But but like Rob says, you know, we're we're, we're getting housed up on. For, understand for, the situation. For man. Six <laughs> innings. And, and, and we're excited, but where was the excitement for the first six innings? Yeah. I, that two home run doesn't mean a damn thing. Game's over. You're I mean, losing. game's over. I mean, you, you lost the game. Great, you hit a home run. It's, it's, again, it's exciting, but man, I, I just I have a hard time. I mean, I can't imagine how a coach. Uh, we we have uh, an assistant at at the school who is retired. He was a high school coach when I was in school, and and he's sixty six years old. I don't know how he does it. I don't. Nice. He's got twenty some years on me, and he sees this nonsense, and it's like, man. Yeah, it's and he feels handcuffed. Where like the old know, school doesn't work. You know, I've have seen things like we talked about having like Leon touched on having the school backing you up in Florida. One of the best programs I've been around. One of one of my best coaches. He was granted he was a hometown guy for that school. Everyone knew who he was, but everyone feared him in a good way and respected him based on his track record. The school hired him to be the high school baseball coach, and it was his it was his way or the highway. You know what I mean? Like if one of his players, you know. And some people might not agree with it, but this is how it worked. If one of his players, you know, was in trouble at school for whatever it might be, you know, if it was detention for being on his phone or whatever, the school's not going to be like, oh, no, you're going to have detention after school. You're going to miss practice. It was, hey, I'm calling Coach Goodwin. And, uh, you know, he's going to handle it. It's almost like your mom calling your dad. Yeah. And and <laughs> that coach would make sure that player was disciplined the way he needed to be disciplined at practice. Mm-hmm. He would run all practice long. He'd run miles. He'd do push-ups, whatever it was. He, was, he wasn't going to do it again. But, you know, some of the things I see up here is, oh, you're going to have detention. That's mispractice. That's Well, not only that you know, is is then the kid does the same thing three days later yeah. and he's in detention for the same thing again. And he's probably like, sweet, I get to mispractice. Yeah, I don't, don't got to go practice for two hours tonight. Right, so what? I got to sit inside and goof off and um, I'm still going to play tomorrow. See, we, yep. we, I will say with where I coach, we implement the you miss a practice, you don't play. Then if you miss a game, which – so a mispractice is unexcused absence and then – then you miss that next game, which is considered an unexcused absence because you had to get disciplined. So then you miss another game. So yep. you automatically miss two games for yep. missing a practice. But yep. um, yeah, kids nowadays are just just so. I think so it's a combination of just. And it's hard to say that because I'm not old. Like right. I'm yeah. only twenty. And I'm not, and I'm not a parent, so yeah. I can't t- how to raise your kids. That's not what, anything I'm saying. Um, you know, I think just as a society, we've gotten very soft. Um, we've gotten, like you said, uh, everyone feels entitled to things. You know, you know, you don't have to work for it. Yeah, yeah, talent, yeah. talent. They feel talent. Because well, most things in life now, you can hit a button and you get it. You know, oh, yeah. Now, sports doesn't work like that, and uh, you know, some kids just don't don't appreciate that. And um, 
you know, it is what it is. You know, you gotta, you can't change the whole world. You know, but uh, it's definitely different, and uh, it's gonna take some time to adjust to that. You know. Yeah. Um, last question. So you recently went to a baseball game. Recently in World Square. Yep. Um, how did it feel to watch it from the stands? Uh, very different. I put a tweet out about it. Especially for like, what, you played Major League Baseball yeah. for many years. Yeah, I think it, it's weird too watching baseball. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I loved watching baseball, um, seeing different players. Those guys were my heroes. Um, they were larger than life people. Um but now, you know, I go to games. You know, I've watched so many games playing, just sitting in the dugout, being a starting pitcher most of my career, you know, pitching once every five days. So I've watched a lot of innings in my, in my life. You it know? just seems like another game. It seems like another, like, game, another game. But I think it's weird to watching games on TV, which I haven't done a lot since I've, I've, I've you know, retired. Um, but going to, like, the game in Scranton and seeing a lot of guys that I've come up in the minor leagues with. Seeing guys that I know personally on there that I'm like, did you like go up to any of them and say what's up? When or? I've had opportunities to, yeah, um, but just it's like weird that it's like wow they're out there and I'm not, and it's like I, I could still be out there, I should still be out there. Um, you know, there's definitely that's the weird part. So I don't appreciate. Well, I don't want to say I don't appreciate, but it's just I don't get that same excitement watching games like I used to. But it's definitely that weird feeling where it's like. Man, I want to go compete right now. Like I, I want to be out there competing, especially when you see guys like talent-wise um, that you feel like you're equal to or better than, um, and you should be out there. And that's kind of how I felt going to some of those games. So uh, definitely brought up some some itchy feelings, you know, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I hear you. Well, that sounds um, like uh, trying to sound vague. The itchy feeling, if you know what I'm saying. What are you saying? <laughs> Just, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in the, <laughs> the next couple of months here. But, uh, you know, I mean, whatever we got a plan. We got I, think, a plan. I think we all kind of get like that. Like, I mean, I bet you watch games and be like, damn, I wish I could still play. I wish um, I could go yeah. play a game. I'll tell you what. I, I do go once in a while at, at a school practice and I'll grab a glove. I can still pick it. I can still feel it. I, I can still chuck it across the diamond. I felt pretty good a couple times this year. Ran down a couple fly balls. BP's um, gotten better with age. My BP was really good. I used to wear a helmet anytime this guy threw. I would. It didn't <laughs> um, matter if it was soft toss. It has gotten there, but I'll, I'll tell you, I get excited every spring, and then I get halfway through the spring, and I'm like, "Where's you out?" Whew. Yeah, it becomes yeah. exhausting, and then and you sit there and you look. As we're sitting here, I'm looking at him like, "Yeah, you know, I I need to move the topsoil there, and there's a tree that needs to be cut there, and and flowers need to get planted there, and and you you start to see things different." And I used to always sit there and say, "Man, how the hell does this guy's house look like shit?" He doesn't do anything around his house. He doesn't cut his grass. Well, now I kind of know why because you're always at a baseball field. Yeah. And my job now is kind of the same thing. Is 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 I, I you know I'm a, I'm a parks maintenance and then parks director so to speak. And I, I take care of a couple parks and mow the grass and plant trees and manicure baseball fields and um. And then you come home and do it again. Yeah. And it's like, man, I didn't I just move for eight hours today and I got to go home and move for three more hours? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of factors. So, you, you know, I'm definitely going to be stepping back a little bit now and, and taking a break and enjoying things. And I, I think for me too, real quick, is like baseball being my job, my career for a while, I've learned to be that fan again in other ways. Wrestling. I've always been a big fan of wrestling. You know, despite the the PG thing, I understand it's it's for kids and it's, it's just fun, fun I entertainment for me. Wrestling. But I do football. 
I love football more now than I ever have because I get to just enjoy it as a fan. There's no pressure to watch a game or, you know, having to worry about all the business stuff behind it and knowing, like, certain players. Like, I know some players in the NFL, you know, very few, but I get to just appreciate the game for what it is and not look at it as a job or the business end of it like I do with baseball now. Well, know? like this whole podcast, we talked about football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love football. So we talked so. a lot of football on May 14th. It's, it's helped yeah. me grow in other areas as well uh, of, of sports and things that I never really, appreciate it as much you know because i was so baseball oriented you know yeah i mean it allows you to be a human being not that not that players aren't human beings but like you know they're always held in that higher standard so a lot of you kind of just you know live life in in a just a different way you know you kind of been you've always been had a schedule you know what i'm saying like you know practice here this that that i got to train now you know now you Mm kind of get to live that you know i get to wake up today and do whatever i want i don't have to beat to somebody else's drum so i think i I think a lot of people can kind of relate to that as I mean it's everybody wants to do it just just one day say you know what I'm gonna go screw off oh yeah you know, it's, it's nice it's like clear to mind it's refreshing but sometimes you know then it, you do it you sit there and you might say down the road say man alright I still like to do whatever this is now nah, you know but I needed to clear my mind I needed to take a break I needed to physically rest up I feel like no. this is a direct message over here I <laughs> 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 speaking uh, to somebody over here <laughs> you know I, I just I just and, and I'm just in general I mean there's there's no I ran a, a worked in graphic arts I miss it man but I don't know if I'd want to go back with ink and paper and, and, and all that again but I did it for 16 years well you can make me shirts if you want <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> this, this is all printing material and media and everything and design and, and uh, boy I miss it but you know what I don't know if I'd want to do it more than a week yeah you know yeah. what I mean jump back in I'd be excited to do it because cause I did it and it's like yeah, man that'd be fun but now it's like but I want to go back. You know what I mean? There's, there's, you, you don't know. Only only you know how you feel with certain things. And, you know, I just think um, sometimes you've got to make decisions. Last thing. Who's the most famous person in your cell phone? Someone wanted me to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> in my cell phone? Uh, i got to take a quick, quick I mean, gander. I feel like that's a... That's a Pretty that's, good. That's a question cool question. For, I like that uh, question for people who. I mean, I'm not going to say you were mm. famous, but you played major league Let's baseball, see. so you met a lot of people along the way. Without name dropping, um, you know, there's some familiar names in here. Guys would know. Um, let me see. It, what about like? Do you have like a most famous person that's not baseball related? Oh, I don't. All right, then g- give us a baseball one. I don't. I wasn't very pop. Well, I mean, I was. I was still pretty much on the come up, you know. So I didn't get to. I mean, you also live in a kind of popular area. Yeah. Um. That's dude. That's a good one. I don't. No celebrities <laughs> or anything like that. Um. I'd be, I would laugh if you just said like Jay Z. I'd be like, how, yeah, how, that would how be that sick. <laughs> that would be sick. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think the coolest thing was like getting tweeted by like The Rock, you know, one time. Uh, I think I saw that. The Rock you retweeted, you, you know, retweeted like me and, and wrote back. But um, you know, I got some popular baseball players on here. You know, AJ Przinsky. You know, played with him with, with the Braves. A lot. You know, almost a twenty year vet. Um, Daniel Daniel Vogelbach. Everyone loves Daniel Dude, Vogelbach he now. A, he had a big uh, home run yesterday. Oh, huge! He's on fire. On fire. Played you know played some travel ball with him throughout high school. He's a massive. Uh, he is unbelievable. A big guy. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too cool, man. I don't. I don't really have too many too many big <laughs> names on here. But that's that's a great question, man. That kind of makes me feel bad about myself. Now. Oh, that's that not the purpose. Daniel Murphy. I'll say Daniel Murphy is the coolest number I got. Uh, that's that's because he. Was, I think that's cool. one. I got to watch him as a player you know, and just a pre. Like I was a big fan of him being a Mets fan. When he was the Mets, and then um, going to be around him a little bit with our agency at the time, uh, and then competing against him was really cool. And I remember um, one of my best starts in the big leagues with Atlanta was against the Nationals and. Uh, they, they beat my butt pretty good um, my third start in the big leagues and then my fourth start was against them again but at home in Atlanta and I, I shut him down and he texted me and he was you know an MVP candidate that year and he was like way to go you know what I mean just like and I was like oh my god this is have you ever talked Daniel Murphy texted me I didn't know who it was I, I didn't have his number and it was just like way to go Rob like that was awesome and uh, I was like oh my god the MVP is just texting me right now you know what I mean so that was that was pretty cool did you ever text him after that or no a couple times uh <laughs> Don't think he responded, but uh, we crossed paths a few times after that. But yeah, some some cool players I got on here. All right, well, I mean that was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Man. It's a good question. Yeah, I mean, it's a good like question because you don't know where everybody's status is. No, I, like I mean that. you're the most probably the most famous person I got on my phone. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all right, well that's gonna do it for episode 44. Um, thank you guys for coming on. No, I enjoyed it. I, I that loved was it. Awesome. That was great. That was great. That was awesome. I think we went two hours and it just flew by and like it feels like minutes. Yeah, we'll have to do it again. So I'm next in. time you're up and oh, you're available, we'll uh, we'll do it again. I th- I'm looking forward to the next football when come like preseason. I, I think we got to sit down and break down our division winners and and and. Our Super Bowl candidates, and I, I probably won't change mine. Um, but yeah, this yeah, was, we, I, I think we need to I do it. like division, you know, projections and things like that. And no, then it's very exciting. Here. I'm in on that. Are you gonna be, time. If you're if you come up again around football time, uh, we'll schedule time to come in and we'll do Love that. It. Absolutely, dude. Great. You know, Appreciate you having it's us. It's like uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Right? Find a friend if you need to. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always around. I'm always <laughs> around. Yeah, we can always do it over the phone too. So there's always ways to do it. So I'm always ready to get hold of me. All right, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. We bop and pippity hop, and as happy as I can be. Hippity hop, I'll never be a millionaire. Whoa, boom, boom.